It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking off they chest, but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got the drop, the homie Biggie has got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So why the long frown, a man home from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told y'all all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball Tomorrow. Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo Ready for the woe, and we so-so Still with the flow, somebody got a popo Heard the lames, and I swear they so-so Too much love for the fame, just to go broke You said think I had the rap game and the stroke card Never think I got the whole world in a rope, yo Gotta think of damn dog, you crazy Is he the next Jay-Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know, maybe Welcome back to the Insanitric Podcast Your host Chris Another here Ooh. I'm not gonna do that, no, we're not doing that twice, sorry Had the, uh Forgot to turn the phone off after doing repeat. Um, we're back with another Insanity Check podcast. It's your host Chris here, and uh, joining me today, I have the lovely Joy. How are you doing, ma'am? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, I do have a quick question for you. Um, something that has been weighing on my mind um, since the last time we we talked. Um, now, do you have any idea where the Universal Fan Con money is gone, or do you do you still <laughs> have we have we figured any? Have we have, has anybody? I just feel like this is one of those things that keeps like we kind of forget that you know back in April people lost a shit ton of money. Oh, we we sure we surely ain't forget. Um, <laughs> no, I saw, we, I saw somebody wrote an forget. article about one, uh, Wakanda Con, and I'm reading. I was like, okay, this is really good. And then like towards the bottom, it was like, but back in April there was this event called Universal Fan. I was like, oh my goodness, that a left field it came out of nowhere. It's so <laughs> funny that like so many of these smaller cons have happened post that that have been run by black people, and it's it like blows my mind how well they've gone. Considering like everything with FanCon was in shambles, like it's so crazy. Like <laughs> that really happened in, on April twentieth. I will never forget that day because first of all, it's four twenty. Right. Second of all, it blew everybody's high. Like it was just the worst. I remember getting, I remember getting the text message from people who was like, "Yo, did you hear about what happened to Universal FanCon?" I'm like, "What? It started today. I mean, was it here?" People were like, "No, it like it's canceled." Like, yeah, what? it was. It was. <laughs> All I know is that my text messages were blowing up, especially yeah. for people who like knew me and knew I left PGN like a month ago, like a month before. Never, I was like, "Girl," I was like, "Yep, I'm not surprised," but I was like, "Hey, 
it is what it is. And I actually donated money. Like people, I, I have to make that very clear to folks. It's like, I definitely donated money to FanCon. I only donated like $75 and it was nowhere near as much as other folks did. But I think the lesson learned here is that I've seen a lot of people thriving post FanCon, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be like former BGN ladies who I love dearly and have been wonderful and still kicking ass out here. Or, you know, folks who donated or were like really big, um, outspoken people in support of the folks who have been kind of like conned no pun intended um and we've all been thriving so i'm i'm super happy about that no absolutely it, it's you know um it's it's um it's it, between that and because remember the whole thing what was it was it rob that said it the whole the uh, the the non-existent community bullshit that yeah. line he he dropped and it, it's been such a counter argument that basically from from Y Comic Con that popped up literally in the ashes of you know Universal Fan Con and doing what they were were supposed to do but couldn't, and, and now this you're like yo, um, you see what everybody can do. I mean, it was, it was Y Comic Con, it was Blurred Con, there was um, what was it? Uh, uh, oh, Wakanda Con. All these things that popped up, and it's just, yeah. I, it, I'm, 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 I'm glad that um, that people have have stepped up and shown that this is this has all been bullshit. But at the same time, I just, I just, I just find it completely disgusting that the people that were behind this haven't, you know, haven't gone out here and and. One done a proper apology. I mean, you would think that would be the first thing, right? Okay, I, I'm one of the people that don't actually. Even though we do that whole joke about where the money go, I'm 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 a full confidence that there is no money. I believe that yeah. they. I I do not believe they took money and ran out, and they're like somebody's out in the Bahamas. I believe the story. I believe that some people, you know, mortgage their houses and they went they they overpromise and completely underdelivered because all that money is gone. I believe that. So at this point, it's more along the lines of, can we get a proper apology? Can we get can we get a can we get some full accountability and saying no? Seriously, not gonna not not I'm not gonna give an apology where I, I apologize, but then also try to downplay my role in this. I'm not gonna I'm gonna or or try to blame it on a non-existent community and blame it on people not supporting. I'm gonna come out and say flat out, nah, this is on me. We did this. We didn't do proper. We didn't do proper planning. We didn't do proper budget, budgeting, and it cost us. And we end up not being able to put this on. And that's not because of a non-existent community. It's not because people didn't support us. It's because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. It's I. I fully believe that if some if they came out there, it, it would have been fine. You know, people would have had their jokes, and the people that had their agendas would have been would have always been there. But for the most part, it would have been fine. I, I fully believe that the thing that stood out the most was that it was came. Oh, I really wasn't in charge. I really didn't have anything to do with this. Or you blame it on the people that you took the money from. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's everybody's in the wind. Like literally, people, folks have just like kind of disappeared. And well, I've everybody. been hearing murmurings of people slowly but surely starting to integrate back into like social media and things of that nature. I wouldn't know. I blocked everybody because I was like, I don't even want to be involved. I'm. I'm living my best life right now. So, um, 
yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But you integrating, coming back and being like, oh, hey, guys, what happened? That's not going to that's not gonna fly. Wow, this is crazy. What happened? Somebody took the money? <gasps> no. Like, yes, it's, it's like- and I guarantee you, Chris, people are going to be like that. Like, people are going to absolutely, like, kind of come back into the foray and try to assimilate back into the community. And it's folks have, like, ain't nobody have longer memories than black folk who are owed money. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Course, it's like I said. It, 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 to me, there's going to be a lot of arsonists returning to the scene of the fire, going. Oh, somebody burned the house down. Yeah. No, I can't believe it. Who would do such a thing? And I'm like, you did. You smell the gas. Matter of fact, there are lit matches. Like there, there are the burnt out matches in your pocket. Like we, matter of fact, you're you're lighting a match right there. We're you're pouring the gasoline right. I see you. I see you doing it. <gasps> me? No, not me. Again, it's just I, I. I wish I had that kind of confidence. No, actually, I don't. But I also kind of do. You know, wish I had that kind of like, you know, don't give a fuck enough. Because in in some cases, I think that's what. I don't believe you have to get a. That's the way you have to get ahead. But I believe that's the way a lot of people get ahead by stepping on other people and then pretending when they after they've lit the match and burned down the forest that they didn't do it and then coming to try to build on top of it. That's just. Ridiculous. I try, yeah. I I try to. I genuinely try to live my life like not doing that because I just think it's so unnecessary, especially like stepping on other people of color just so you, as a person of color, can get ahead. Just logically, does not make any sense to me. It doesn't. It. I. That's something I don't subscribe to. I'm not a perfect person in any way, shape, or form. But just the the thought of that does not really sit well with my spirit. And, and it shouldn't. And that's why you're a good person. And that is why I believe you are doing some great things. I mean, let's talk about some of the great things you're you're doing here. You're getting ready for the Toronto Film Festival, correct? Yes, I am. I'm going to TIFF. Uh, September 6th is when it starts. The whole festival is from the 6th, the 6th to the 16th. Um, and there's some really great films that are going to be premiering there. Um, the Hate You Give, uh, based mm-hmm. on the book by Angie Thomas, is going to be there. I've already seen it, um, but that's going to be premiering there. Uh Barry Jenkins' second film, Post Moonlight. Um, if Bill Street Can Talk, uh, based off of the James Baldwin novels premiering there. Uh, a really cute, like, you know, romantic comedy directed by a Black woman called The Weeknd that has DeWanda Wise, who was going to be the original Monica Rambeau. She had to, she had to uh, call out um, right. Yelan Noel, who is the, the star of the, of the first Purge. He's in that movie, too. So there's some good movies that are going to be premiering there There that are black films. They're just like broader films that are probably going to get a lot of Oscar buzz. Like Damien Chazelle, who directed La La Land, which I, you weren't a fan of and I wasn't a fan of. Um, he's coming back with uh, First Man, which is about Neil Armstrong. And Ryan Gosling yeah. is working back with him to play Neil Armstrong. So there's going to be a lot of buzzy movies. Tiff is like is very touch and go sometimes. Like sometimes you have a really black year. And then sometimes it's a very like it's an empty black year. Like. Last year I went and there weren't that many black films. This year there were more. And the year before they had uh, Moonlight, they had Hidden Figures, they had a lot of different black films in 2016. So it's, it usually goes on the cadence of one year, one year, one year, one year. This year it's mm-hmm. definitely the the black year. They definitely have a sizable amount of black films. Yeah, it is so funny because I, I talked. To, I'm not going to get into this this thing. We did, we talked about it on the Nerve yesterday, but the whole thing with the them the the Academy adding the extra category for popular films I've seen so many people get upset it's like oh it's because of Black Panther Black Panther should definitely win best I'm like you guys do realize that we're halfway through the year and you probably haven't seen some of the Oscar buzz not just 
you know, the Oscar buzzy white films, you haven't seen some of the Oscar buzzy black films. Might want to hold off on, you know, get, like th- there's a whole year of films to coming out there. Has people go, wait, you don't think it's going to win Best Picture? I'm like, guys, we're halfway through the year. Like I, <laughs> I like I don't. I don't think it's going to win. It, like I, th- I do think it should win like Best Costume and maybe Best yes. like Production or Set Design. Absolutely. But to your point, like uh, Call Me by Your Name, I think premiered at TIFF last year. That's the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I Tanya premiered at TIFF uh, last year. And that was the first time I saw it there. And it went on to go to Oscar films, but that wasn't until September. You mentioned Moonlight, Hidden Figures. Like, these are a lot of films. I'm like, guys, like, there's a lot of these films that you guys talk about. Like, the the film festival circuit is really, really big. And that's where you get some of these big, buzzy films that you later on. Now, some of them, you know, like, kind of fall flat. What was that film? Um, The one they were calling, uh, oh, Slight. I was so disappointed when I saw Slight. It was just like, ugh, come on. But, like, other films. You know, other films, you're like, okay, this is where they come from. I mean, and so, uh, and sometimes how some of the films, they, they debut there and then they get picked up for other, for bigger distribution. Like, that's the thing that um, Netflix was doing where they were picking up films like, um, uh, um, what was the film that they did that they picked up? Um, uh, Mudbound. Mudbound, yeah. Like, Mudbound and Beast of No Nation and things like that. It's like, that's where these films come from, guys. It's like, there's going to be a lot of films that, I mean... Like <laughs> we 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 want more diversity at the academy, but that doesn't mean that they're always going to just be the big blockbuster films. There were like I, I was saying the yesterday. I'm like, this has actually been a really good year of films, and we're not even close to being finished yet. You know what? You're right because Mudbound. I interviewed D. Reeds at TIFF last year for Mudbound, yeah. and they were already on. Like they were premiering uh, on. It was premiering at Netflix maybe a month after, but it was already it was already acquired. But we still got some time to go because, like, Telluride is, I think, next month or something like that. Like, it's there's a lot of festivals that we need to get to. That's not to say that Black Panther won't get nominated or whatnot, yeah. but I, we don't know. And there's a lot of films that have already hit the festival circuit. Some fizzle out, have already fizzled out already. Some might, you know, open up into the conversation. We won't know until we get closer and closer to the awards circuit, like, season. Right. I was trying to explain. I was like, guys, we're... we're we're, 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 we got a long way to go. And then some of those yeah. other films, like, I'm going to be honest, like, I, you know what? I said this on, I said this behind a paywall. I'm going to say it here. Um, after all the films I've seen so far this year, yeah, Black Panther shouldn't be in the consideration. Not, not for best picture. Yeah. I've seen, a, I, cause I'm just saying it's been a really, really good year. Is it going to be a tough year? Doesn't mean it does. It shouldn't get something, but like, I'm just keeping it real. There's some, cause look, if, if I just go with like the big films that everybody knows, I wouldn't vote for it over the quiet place. I'm I didn't watch quiet, A Quiet Place because I, I don't really do horror films. Like, uh, I don't do horror or, like, scary films at all. But I know A Quiet Place was another yeah. popular film. Sorry to Bother You has had a, lo- a, a very large buzz and push. Exactly. And the craziness of it, it, I can definitely see it getting nominated. I was a really big band, uh, fan of Blind Spotting with uh, Hamilton's David Diggs. Yep. Um, and Rocky Alcazar, like that, I saw that at Sundance. It unfortunately, like they, whatever Lionsgate was doing, they quickly removed it from theaters. It was kind of like a grand opening, grand closing. Wow, but a lot of people did enjoy it. And it was really, it, it's really disappointing because it's actually quietly one of the best films I've seen all year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just, this, is just, this, is, this is just a, again, and, and, this, and, and this goes beyond the Oscar thing. I didn't want to dig into that even more. But uh, that's why I love having people, you know, someone like you who also watches a lot of films, like Brain Tim on and things like that. Like the thing that always gets me is I and I hate this, and this is not the people that are just kind of separately separated from the 
Oscar thing, although um, I think Rob Lowe did bring it up, and I had to remind him that he had uh, he had he he raped an, under, an underage child. Um, but uh, like yep. people always people would bring up the fact that oh yeah, you know this is Hollywood is going to focus on more sequels and and blockbusters. And I'm like that's not true. Like everybody always says that. I'm like that is not true. There are a shit ton of films that come out every week that you don't either hear about or you don't go to see, but they are clearly there. Like, I mean, like there's just, and those big blockbusters help pay for some of these smaller films and allow, allow some studios to take the risk on the smaller films. But that happens. It's just like, I don't know where people get this idea. Because like, ever since I was a kid, so this is like 30 plus years, people have been saying this idea that Hollywood just focuses on blockbusters. They don't do the smaller films. And I'm like, but, but that's not true. You guys have been saying that for 30 years. Yet and still, every time Oscar season comes around, it's all the smaller films that are there, and the blockbusters getting ignored. So, like, when is this? When is when is this 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 this, this fear mongering going to come to fruition? When is it going to happen that we don't get these smaller films anymore? I, I had to convince somebody. They were like, "Oh, well, you know, um, the reason why I'm against Disney buying uh, uh buying Fox is they're going to rid of the smaller studios and just focus on the blockbusters." I'm like, "When have they ever done that, though? Like, what what I they." That's not what they do. Why would they? Why would they get rid of a well, like some something like Fox Searchlight that brings in Oscar films? Like why would they? Those are that 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 has a role that has a place. Like that's not what they would do just to get rid of them. Like that's they bring it. They buy. They they acquire these assets and they basically let the assets, you know, do their own thing. It's like and then they take risks. I mean, they look given a hundred thousand dollars to. Uh, to do a, a wrinkle on time was a risk. Somebody tried to tell me it was a blockbuster film. I'm like, no, it really wasn't. It wasn't a big blockbuster, but they gave it a blockbuster budget and let it do its thing. That's that's what we want. That's that's a good thing. They do a lot of these little films like this. They put out there that Disney puts out. Uh, Queen of Catway. They didn't. That wasn't a film that was made to make a shit ton of money. Yet Disney put it out there. You know, it also should have gotten an Oscar buzz that year, and I was kind of. I really love Queen of Catway, yeah. but also they they invest in smaller scale directors. Like Ryan Coogler wasn't doing big films before Black Panther. Like you could argue that Creed was his biggest film, right? Yep, yep. But before that, he did Fruitvale Station, which is a very small indie was in the festival circuit film. Um, Ava did Selma, but before that, she did a lot of like smaller scaled films. Like Taika Waititi was not doing big films either. John Watts. before he started, yeah. John Watts. Like I there's, remember, they got John Watts before his. Uh, it was it was it Cop Car? I think was his like his really big his 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 the the film he was doing. They they picked up John Watts uh, for for Spider Man uh, before Cop Car even came out because I remember seeing the New York press releases for them doing screenings for Cop, Cop Car after he had gotten announced for it. So it's like. They take these chances on these directors, like you said, that come from these small indie nations. Why would they, uh, small indie uh, films, why would they kill the indie scene that that brings them these directors? Also, I just want to point out that, like, when you're talking about, oh, you know, they're only going to focus on, like, blockbusters and they're only going to do X, Y, and Z, just, like, in general. I just listed about four different films that either have come out or will be premiering at TIFF this year that are made by black folk. And they're original films mm-hmm. and they're smaller scale. Like we, that's amazing that we're having original stories, especially in this, like the space and world of a lot of reboots, like original stories are being told for and by black people. And that's really awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's it's just it's just, it's just it's just funny to me when I hear people when people say that. That's when I I go, oh, you don't know anything about films. You don't know anything about what's coming out. You watch. You only watch the blockbusters, and you don't see all the other films that are coming out because there's no way you can say that and then look at the landscape of what actually is coming out. I watch way too many films, you know, and then some of these films are quote unquote original and they suck. Mile twenty two. I just saw the I uh, saw the screener for that this week. I suffered till you all didn't have to because that film is terrible. So I definitely know that. Um, yeah, Hollywood. And it, it, to me, Hollywood doesn't have. To me, it's not about whether it's too many sequels or not having original ideas. To me, it's about just make the thing quality. Because here's the thing. I think that uh, um, Liam Neeson has another film coming out. I don't know if it's coming out this year, but some, uh, I saw something about a, a snowplow or something like that, and it's Liam Neeson, and I was just like, that to me is where Hollywood has problems. You have Liam Neeson making basically the same movie over and over again, and they get worse and worse and worse. Stop making that movie. Forget a sequel. Forget too many blockbusters. Stop making the the thirty the thirty million dollar Liam Neeson movies that are fucking terrible. How about that? That don't make you anything. Goodness gracious. So, um, all right. Before we go into some other stuff, I got some housekeeping stuff to take care of. Uh, look, there's gonna be no show next week. There's no insanity check anyway. Um, I know people are thinking, what, you just came back, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. We took off a lot of time in July, but I have a lot of things going on. Um, uh, I And I just need a weekend to not do anything. And even then, we're doing a character corner, uh, I think, next Sunday. So even then, I'm still doing something. Uh, but I need time to kind of catch up and read on that stuff. Um, also, I just need to relax. Um, and we're also doing some other work. I got We got to prep for New York Comic Con because that's right around the corner. Uh, it's, it's, oh my uh, god! Can we talk about that for reason? Yeah. I have not prepared. I've been so tiff focused that I have not prepared for New York Comic Con. They need to. I look. New York Comic Con always sneaks up on us after San Diego, and it just it just happens. And so I need a I need I needed a weekend that I can sit down and kind of figure out kind of what we did with San Diego, figure out what we need to do, who we need to contact, and, and get things set up and, and in place. Because once September hits, at New York Comic Con. It just pops right in there. It's almost, almost too late. So we want to get in and, and start working on that. Um, actually, we have, I have to work on my Iron Fist Season 2 review because I do have access to that now. So i got to spend some time uh, uh, watching those. I think we got access to the first six episodes. Um, and then um, we actually, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, we'll have a big announcement about uh, some expanding the network. We're hoping to uh, bring in uh, another, another podcast and bring in some stuff here. So... Uh, I know we just got so much stuff going on over here. So that's why I'm, I, I was like, you know what? I need the time um, to just kind of take off and, and not uh, do a show. But we're going to we're gonna still have plenty of content coming out. I got a secret sauce. We have character corners. We have uh, premium shows. And um, But I think the biggest reason why I need the break. So last night, talking to my realtor, finally got the house that I was in uh, listed. And so it's on the market. And honestly... With all the running around I've been doing between that house, trying to get some of the work done, you know, uh, just the money I put in, the, the time I put in, sleeping on an air mattress and stuff like that, and moving moving some of my stuff to my dad's and, and, and getting that together. Honestly, I just want to re- I went into a weekend to break. I, I want a weekend when I didn't have to do shit, where I can I can sleep in, I can take my time and and wake up when I want to and not feel rushed. And so. 
yeah, I, I just needed I needed that I needed that relaxing. So that's kind of why we're not gonna do an insanity check next weekend, but we'll be back right after that. And um, yeah, so I just want to let everybody know uh, to prepare for that, and you guys can catch up on all the stuff we put out. And um, also, we want to prepare for because right when New York comes back, we got to prepare for all the fall shows coming back. So we got to work out our schedules and how we're gonna do that. So I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of work to do and figure it out. Um, also, we're on we're on Teespring now with our merchandise. I gotta I gotta set that store up. It's not set up yet, but we're gonna we, we're moving from hosting our own merch store to moving it over to Teespring, and uh, we got we we're, we're working with we're working with them. So uh, just a lot of stuff going on here. So I needed the break. So that is it. Um, let's go into some of the topics. Like I said, I, I, I I've and I brought this up before that I'm I'm selling the house and going through this stuff and I, I was talking to you about this before we started uh watching hd tv is actually on the tv right now in front of me as i as i record this podcast um one of the things that always yeah, just being on twitter and i tr- i've, I've tr- i'm trying to limit my twitter engagement because it's just it's become a cesspool beyond we'll have an update on the jack thing in a minute but there's there's just it's become a cesspool but also just the I don't, it's starting to set up unrealistic expectations for certain things. Like whenever I see a conversation about home buying on Twitter, I, I want to pull the hair I don't have out. It absolutely drives me crazy. Like I'm convinced that people have no idea what goes into buying a house and that, hey, there is a good reason why not to do it. You know, there's a good reason why you shouldn't buy a house. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Ah, uh, yeah. My parents own a house. It's a uh, that like the work and effort they put into it. I was, and it's so funny as my dad has gotten older, he was just like, "I look, he just want a townhouse or apartment." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's people always say, "Oh no, you know, you, you know, you buy Jordans, you could put that money towards buying a house." I'm like, in what in what universe? Like. That's not how that works. <laughs> That's not how that works, you know. And and not to mention the upkeep in the house and things like that. Like I had two bathrooms renovated. I got a new floor in the kitchen, new countertops. I had to get a loan out to do that kind of stuff, you know. I had to get a loan out to do that, and I had to um, do some of the work myself, uh, just general maintenance. And th- this house was a house that bought. I was in this house for almost ten years. Then for nine years, um, bought us a foreclosure, and the work we had to do like. We we did me and my dad put up uh, new walls in the basement and things like that. Like it was a lot to do, and I don't think people understand that, you know, especially in this time and age where everybody has to work a lot. You usually, have both parents are working. Um, you have kids and all this other stuff going on. Man, like it's a lot to it's a lot of, not just your money but your time to maintain all that stuff. And people go, oh, you're wasting money by renting. It's like that. It, everybody's situation is different. And uh, it's so funny because I watch these shows on HGTV and I see these people and it's clear that they have also have such unrealistic expectations for how things go. You know, you haven't tried to maintain your house or do any kind of renovation for your house. You haven't looked up what the house in your neighborhood go for. You haven't looked up what, you know, your house would go for. You haven't looked up what work you need to do in your house. Like you want to you want a gourmet bathroom, but you have a you, you want to only spend two thousand dollars. How? How? Yeah, it's unrealistic. 
You know, it doesn't make any sense. And um, I, I just think that when I see these people shaming other people or talking about this, I'm just like, yeah, that's not how that works. That's not, you know, and then it also depends on the area you're living in. I guess people will go, say on the time on Twitter, no, $50,000, you can get a good house. And I'm like, where? Yeah, that's uh, that's a lie. Like, I that I know for a fact is a lie. And people, uh, I think we all need to come to terms with in this economy and plus now the wool being, you know, pulled from under our eyes in terms of home ownership being a part of the quote-unquote American dream. There are going to be less and less people as the years progress that are going to be interested in buying homes because the upkeep is a, is a bit extreme. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is definitely a luxury. It's a, it is a luxury. You know, to be able to do that and maintain it. And then also, the other thing, too, is so we, me and you were talking about this before we got on the air about just like I live in Maryland and the traffic here, you know, and we're not even as bad as some places like in California or something like that. Traffic here is still bad. It's like if you want to live somewhere that's close to your work or easy access, you're going to pay for it. And you're going to pay for it in. You know, it's not going to be a new house. It might be a condo. And, it, it you know, it, it's just, it's becoming really, really hard to to find affordable housing close to, you know, the city or close to the metro, or close to the major highways. If you don't, if, if you can't afford that, you can't, you can't live there, which means you're renting. And then we all know how gentrification and how they're pushing people out with rent and things like that, raising rent costs and things like that. Like, it's just really hard. And so it's always weird to me to see people make these statements. And I'm like, so so you, you own a house? Oh, no, nah, I'm not a homeowner. Then maybe you should shut the fuck up. Like, I don't... Yeah, homeownership is, is nothing to take lightly. It's not... No, it really isn't. It's... It's a lot of work and a lot of go into it. And this idea that somehow people, particularly, it's always black people, right? Pointing out other black people going, oh, you got your priorities are wrong. I'm like, hmm. It's just another way for us to shame each other. And it's like, for what? Like, I'm sorry. If, if My path in life is going to be different than yours because we're two different human beings. So if you find or believe that home ownership is important to you, then go right ahead. But as I'm seeing from my own personal parents who've had a home all of my life, like I... We moved out of our apartment in the Bronx uh, when I was in first grade and we got a private house deeper in the South Bronx. Uh, so I grew up in a, in a private house all of my, pretty much all of my life. Uh, my parents have a house now in Arizona where they live. But now my dad was like, it's just the upkeep is too much. Cause when you think about apartments and, and specific types of apartments, like if something breaks or something happens, like some of them have in-person landlords that you can work with, or like if there's a bug problem, you can have, uh, uh, you know, someone that would be paid for by the landlord to come and like fumigate the place. But like, that's all your responsibility when you own a home. And if you work long hours, like we all do, right. And you're not getting home till late at night. Like those responsibilities squarely fall on you. It's like, when do you have the time? No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, uh, uh, and again, it goes back to why I'm taking the break. I was like, yo, I've had to take off work. I've had to like, this is, this is why when I, um, came back from San Diego, I didn't. I was so mad that uh, we had to get the, we got delayed the extra day because I'm like, yo, those are days I needed to for if I need to take off of work for doing reno or for th- for getting upkeep or having some people to come out. Like I've had to leave work early, like get up early, get to work at like six o'clock in the morning so I could leave at two so I could be at home and meet you know people coming by just to give me estimates. 
much less have to do the actual work, right? It's like, this is a lot of work. And I think that what happens with this, I think a lot of people also don't check their privilege. Like, I was able to buy the house I was in. I got it as a foreclosure. And so basically what happens is that means I got my house at the downturn of the economy when other people were losing their homes. You know, I got it. I got it really, really cheap. That was a privilege. You know, I had the privilege and I, because I was also being able to live somewhere else. I had I had I had cheap rent. I didn't have a, a landlord who was driving up rent costs on me. Sometimes like even now I'm selling my house. I'm, I moved in with my dad. If I sell my house early and I don't let's say I don't uh, uh, let's say I sell my house in the next month or two. And let's say I don't find a new house and for another six months, I'm going to have four months of not paying rent. Not paying anything because I moved back in with my dad and I'm sitting here and I can stack that money up. It's like I have that privilege to be able to do that. I have a job where I can leave and take I get plenty of PTO. And also I can just be like, huh, I don't wanna, I want to go home. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm leaving early today, guys. See you tomorrow. I can do that. Right. A lot of people can't. You know, if I don't have kids, so I don't have to make decisions based on the kids. I don't have to worry about the school district and things like that. I mean, you kind of do, but not as much as, you know, you know, if you were if you had kids. It's like this is this is what I'm this is what I'm dealing with. I can I, I have that luxury. A lot of people don't, though. And I find yeah. so many people don't think about that and don't consider that when they're making these these statements about, oh, no, this is what you should. You should do X, Y and Z. And I'm like, if X, Y and Z were so easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. And even like as creatives, like I had this conversation recently, which is somewhat similar to similarly tied to what we're talking about. But the privilege of being like a film critic, like you and I review films and watch a lot of movies and TV and stuff like that. But there's a privilege to the fact that we have full time jobs. It's hard to juggle, but we can afford to do these things like you can afford to go to San Diego. I can afford to go to TIFF. If you're a full-time freelancer, you can't do that. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> your whole life is getting paid to write these articles and they don't pay that well. So even the privilege of doing that, there's definitely a lot of privilege for the things that people kind of glamorize or try to make seem like, oh, you know, that's a no-brainer. You should do X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, there's a there's absolutely a privilege and, and accessibility to things um that we often don't think about. No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, you know, and I think a lot of people, I think, I think if we went through the life and a lot of people checking their privilege, it, it, it would, it would help in a lot of these conversations. People sit there and go, wait, how did you get to the place you're at right now? You know, if you're successful, if you're you know, winning, how did you, how were you able to do that? Now I talk about it all the time with my job and things like that. Like I was able to do it because I had a, my dad gave me a lot of insight and also helped me get my first internship where I took that and then ran with that. Now, yeah, a lot of that does come down to, you as an individual, you as a person, you know, and, and your ambition and what you can do from 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 being given something. But I think so many people will skip over the idea that they were hand they were handed the opportunity in the first place. You know, yeah, not you know, if you you got handed an opportunity and somebody else gets handed the same opportunity, maybe they don't take advantage of it, but you did. Yeah, okay, you can compare those two things. But so many people don't even get that opportunity. They don't get the, they don't get that first step in the foot in the door to even do that. And I think so many people skip over that. And it's just ridiculous to me. Like I was watching um, one of these shows, just before we even got started, we were watching one of these shows on HGTV and they were talking about this. Now I've always seen the memes about people talking about this. I think they've got, I think, I think HGTV has seen the, has seen the memes about people, you know, basically two people, two white people with like no real, no, no real jobs wanting a million dollar house. So I, I've seen a lot less of that, but today I saw one. I can't remember what the 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 girlfriend wasn't even a wife with the girlfriend. So I don't even think her name. I don't even think her finances came into 
the budget of the house the dude was looking for. He was a firefighter. And I know firefighters maybe can make some money, I guess. But I was under the idea that most firefighters were voluntary anyway. But I was like, I don't know how this works. But it doesn't seem like he had any other job. He was a firefighter. His house budget was $650,000. I was like, okay. He had also only been in the house that they were renovating for four years. So you're about to do two types of two. You're about to buy two houses within four to five years. You're gonna sell, I mean, obviously you're going to sell one and give it to, you know, use the money yourself from one to go to the next one. But still, I'm just like, how? How much, how much did you get funds from your parents? Which they don't never go into that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, my parents, you know, gave me an inheritance and that's where some of this money is coming from. But that goes to this idea of generational wealth. White people always want to come back from the idea that white privilege doesn't exist. But, like, if your parents, you know, if your great-great-grandfather was you know, uh, was a slave owner and, 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 and built a bunch of generational wealth off of that that got passed down and now you're able to do things you're doing because of that, that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't work hard. It doesn't mean that you um, didn't earn it. But at the same time, it also means you got advantages that other people didn't. It's simple. At least it should be. But I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that, that's, that always kind of just... Stands out to me when I watch these shows, or where I think when I see people talking about finances and home ownership, like people are going, "Oh, you're not putting money in your 401k. You should be doing that." I'm like, "Yeah, what if you're not making enough to be able to do that? And what if what, what if what if your what if your job doesn't even offer it? Or what if you have student loans and like can't pay that, and you're too busy paying off said student loans that you can't you don't have extra income to put into a 401k? There's so many different like we all could do a better job of not judging people's mm-hmm. situations and actually having conversations with them. Yeah. Um, Cause I've learned a lot just from talking to people and understanding their POV on things. Um, yeah. Because again, I've had that privilege of, I, you know, I had a full ride at Penn, so I didn't have Same to here. have student loans, but I have like a very large credit card bill. Cause I've moved so much. We talked about this a little bit about mm-hmm. how I've moved a lot kind of in my adult life. And uh, I'm still paying that off. And it's always a struggle because a lot of that money goes straight to my credit card bills. And there's no, like, it's a hole that you don't foresee getting out of anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So that limits how you operate and move around in the world. And people don't think about that. Yeah, no, it's, it it is true. And it's just one of the things I think a lot of, well, I I think it also comes down to, and I've talked about this on the show before. I think a lot of people, we don't, it's so weird because you see, you see things like podcasts and things like that fill in the gap of this. Yeah, we don't teach financial literacy or home buying in schools and what that means. You know, no. I was able to make certain choices um, when I because basically oh, I can talk about this when um, I bought my house back in 2009 foreclosure did the FHA loan. So, again, all these programs you can take loan programs you can take advantage of took, took advantage of the uh, first uh, the home uh, the first time home buyer loan uh, only had to put down three and a half percent. Because I went to an FHA loan, um, had to pay a PMI because it wasn't the t- full twenty, but still, that made it so that I only really—I think I only really put down maybe six thousand dollars, I think, on the home. Um, and uh, I had to save—I still had to save up for that. And again, that's still a lot to some people. That's still a lot of money for people to save up that much to just have disposable six thousand dollars to to put out. Um, so I did that. But then what happened was, uh, like, mm, six years later, 
I refinanced uh, at a lower rate, but I did a 20-year mortgage. And that allowed me, so my, 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 a lot of people refinance, they're trying to, a lot of people are looking more to get a smaller mortgage payment. My mortgage payment was about the same, even though I was uh, at a lower rate than I was getting, but I did a 20-year, so I, I was able to pay off my, pay down a lot more of my mortgage, which means when I sell this house, I'll be able to get a lot more back, which I can then put into the next house. It's like, this is, this is what you got to think about. This is all the stuff that like, and nobody really sits down and talks to you about this. Like I'm lucky enough to have, I have my dad that I can talk to about this, this stuff with, and he's gone through this before I have, um, I have, I have a really good realtor who's, he's the same one that the same one that's helped me sell this house and buy a new one. The same one that helped me buy my original house nine years ago. So it's like, we have a relationship. We've talked, we've gone over this stuff before we talked about this. He looks out for my interests. He's not, I, I, I trust him not to just be, caring about the commission and he just looks at me just some some random dude like the, like he's actually lo- with my best interest in mind and always making me think about things like this it's like i got lucky that's that's a lucky thing what if you're going into this and you have no idea what if you're going in this and you don't you don't know where to start let's say you, you know your your parents never bought a house you are going to buy a house you can't maybe they don't they might have some information but they've never been through the process they can't help you walk it through so how do you who do you turn to? And I think this is some of the things that, you know, we don't openly talk about and people will just kind of kind of go with the flow. And this is how you end up getting taken advantage of. People don't you don't, you don't feel like you can talk about this with anybody. And I don't know. It's just one of the things that I, I know why we don't see more things like this being taught in school, because if you teach it in school, the more people know what to look out for. And can't be taken advantage of. Um, but. I, I, w- I really wish it was. I, I really wish there were some stuff that um, that they did and and, and, and and did this. So anyway, um, enough on enough on the home buying stuff. Let's get into some uh, topics and news this week. Um, I'm, I'm I don't have any music for this one, but I I'm I'm deeming this one. Um, this weekend it's okay when Christians do it. Um, so I saw this article. I, it was a I don't know. It's it's. I've been off of Twitter. How, how long have you been on Twitter recently? The last couple of weeks, I have, but I need to. I need to downscale. I yeah. somebody tweeted this a uh, couple of days ago. Where like everybody's just fed up with each other. I truly feel that. Like I oh, yeah. feel people are just irate for kind of really no reason, and just we're lashing out at each other in a very volatile way that I kind of don't want to be a part of anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it's been rough out here, man. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So I feel the same way. But kind of back, oh, I, I, you know, something's floated on the radar, and I only came aware of this when um, uh, we did a character corner this week in Deep Palm. We were talking about this crazy story that Jonathan Hickman told has has been telling with his Shield run, and Deep Palm made this comment about how uh, he said something to me, and it, and it referenced this story, and I had to go like, what is he talking about? I wouldn't look it up. Um, again, it really should be a bigger story than this. Priests molested 1,000 children in Pennsylvania, new report finds. A priest raped a seven-year-old girl while visiting, visiting her in the hospital when she had her tonsils removed. Another priest forced a nine-year-old boy into having oral sex and rinsed out the bo- youngster's mouth with holy water. One boy was forced to say a confession to the priest who sexually abused him. An estimated 300 Roman Catholic priests in Pennsylvania molested more than 1,000 children and possibly many more since, 19, since the 1940s, according to a scathing Pennsylvania grand jury report released on Tuesday that accused senior church officials, including the man who is now Archbishop of Washington, D.C., of systematically covering up complaints. 
the real number of victimized children and abuse um, and abusive pri- uh, priests might be higher since some secret church records were lost and some victims never came forward. The grand jury said in the report that it's the largest of its kind in the United States. What the fuck? That's awful. Like, can you imagine if instead of this being the Catholic Church, this was a mosque? Would it get coverage then? What would what would be? Oh, the, you know, yeah, you know what, you know what. What would what would what would be the what would be the outrage meter across the board? Well, we get we'd probably get the Bill Maher saying, "See, this is what I told you about Islam." You know, we get we'd even get the the, the white quote unquote liberals on board with how awful and, and evil this was. Here, this is the thing. The reason why this this bothers me, and this is not one of those. Hey, I'm trying to malign religion and things like that. What bothers me about this and the way that religion is handled in the United States is, is so one-sided. People will say, oh, yes, this is evil, this is wrong, this is bad. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not... Evil and bad don't describe what happened here. What you have here is the Catholic Church as an organization went out of its way to cover up and protect child molesters, pedophiles. That is what they did. What are we... Any other organization, we'd be talking about burning into the ground. Oh, everybody's got to go. Everybody's got to go. It is completely tainted. Everybody's got to go. There is no... There is. There are no... Well, you know, there are some good things. No, it is rotten to the core. Burn it down. Start all over again. What are we talking about? We're talking about at least 1,000 children. That's a, that's a pedophile ring. That's not, we're, we're not talking about some, some, some individual thing here. This is a pedophile ring. Yeah. And, and not only that, I think what's probably the most disturbing part for me is, is that this is not the first time there's been a large ring like regionally of children getting uh, molested in the Catholic church. And it's weird how it has kind of been a common joke or I don't even know what the right phrase for it is, but just like a common, like, Oh yeah. You know, priests are known for X, Y, and Z. And Oh, sometimes some of them like molest kids. That is something that is, mm-hmm common and when we talk about priests and we have jokes about it and stuff like that and that's that tells me that we've just kind of internalized it and have moved on and that's not okay so so look here's the thing i i and i, I don't want to get into this because I, I to this on the nerd off yesterday the james gunn situation to me i feel like it's become two sides of people arguing not realizing that both of them are making like similarly valid points but that's one thing i i will say about people who have gotten so incredulous about that that james gunn would make some kind of pedophile jokes and, and think that that shit was funny. I'm like, where have you been the last 30 to 40 years as we casually make jokes about Catholic priests molesting children? Like, people make those jokes because it actually happened. Catholic priests molested a shit ton of children and nothing was... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back it up. It, it wasn't just that the police, because that's bad enough, right? But like this report says, 
the Catholic Church as an organization itself then covered up those pedophiles in their ring and gave them more jobs or promotions. They would move. And did we do we cover this already? Like uh, in wasn't it 2015 or 2016 Oscars? Didn't Spotlight, which talked about the same exact story in Boston, yeah. win Best Picture at the yeah. Oscars? Like this is not something. Nothing about this story is surprising, and that's the problem of it is that it's not surprising. We have become so numb to this idea, like the Catholic, like, it, like South Park did a whole thing on it, like joking it. Like we have come so normalized to this idea that oh yeah, Catholic priests they molest children. How is that okay? How is that not something that makes you go, okay, burn it down from the from the from the start, like. You can't. I'm. I'm sorry. I, I understand that uh, the current pope is Pope Francis, I believe, and I know he's doing some some good things. He says says all the right things right now. That, that's good and everything like that. But I don't understand how he's able to say shit when he oversees an organization that has this black mark on it. This is not some small black mark. This is. And, and remember, this is just one state. This is at least a thousand children. One state. One. One. In in one country. One state in one country. What, I, what are we doing? Like what is what is, what how do you how do you fix this? How do you fix this? Remember what they did with um and I think that was right rightfully so when um Joe Paterno's statue I think it was was it Paterno? Yeah, no, wait. Yeah, Paterno, right? Who got his statue turned yeah. in. Yeah. Statue his, his statue, but it was it was he was complicit in it. But mm-hmm. Jerry Sandusky was the one who right, 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 right. those boys. But but that's what I'm saying. It's like Joe Paterno was found. People are like, "Yo, he was complicit. He understood. He knew this was going on. He knew what Jerry Sandusky was doing. And we got to tear that fucking statue down because this is a culture over here at Penn State that we got to we don't we don't support. Right? People got mad at that, but I'm like, that's exactly what needs to happen here with the Catholic Church. Like everybody got to go. Everybody yeah, go. no, you Every- can't you can't be playing like, oh, you know, so and so did this, so and so did that. But okay, there's two different people who are complicit in this. One, the person who is molesting these children, and two, anybody within the broader organization that knew and actively went out of their way to cover it up. They gotta go too. That's how that goes. Uh US bishops adopted widespread reforms in two thousand two. Think about sixteen years ago. This is not this is not a long time ago, sixteen years ago. They say in, in widespread changes reforms in two thousand two. That was only sixteen years ago, when clergy abuse became a national crisis for the church, leaving stricter requirements for reporting re- uh, accusations to law enforcement and streamlining the process for mo- removing clerics. But the grand jury said more changes are needed. You think? Despite some institutional reforms, individual leaders of the church have largely escaped public accountability. The grand jury wrote in a roughly nine hundred page report. Priests were raping little boys and girls, and the men of God who were responsible for them not only did nothing, they hid it all. Top church officials have mostly been protected, and many, including some named in the report, have been promoted, the grand jury said, concluding that it is too early to close the book on the Catholic Church scandal. Colonel Donna Whirl, a leader of the Washington Archdiocese, was accused in the report of having helped to protect abusive p- police when he, uh, police, same thing though, abusive priests when he was in Pittsburgh, when he was Pittsburgh Bishop from 1988 to 2006. 
Whirl has dis- the dispute of the allegations. A mass held Wednesday in Washington on the feast of Assumption of Mary. Whirl did not address the accusation against him, but urged parishioners to uh, not to lose confidence in the church over t- over the terrible plague of abuse. Why not though? Why not? Why not? I'm still stuck on them getting a chance to be to reform. Right. <laughs> like, okay, that's good for y'all, but also. What are we doing about these kids that are going to be scarred for life? Like we 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 we're talking about it in a macro level of they need to be reprimanded and they absolutely need to be going to jail and everybody who's complicit needs to go to jail with them. A thousand percent agree with you. I think we're we agree on both of those things. But like we we oftentimes forget like there are victims who are young and this is going to imprint on their adult lives when they grow up forever. But we know this. You see people now, again, using the humor of it, they joke about their own abuse by a Catholic priest. And I'm like, that's not funny, though. Like, it's and, not and, funny. And, but it, but it's, the way, it's the way they've internalized it and the way that they've, they've, they kind of protect themselves by, by making jokes out of it. But you can see that they've been scarred. Then it ruins their own relationships and personal relationships and how they, how they deal with these things. Like, you know, it's both young and old because you have, some of the, again, some of the accusations go all the way back to the 40s. My thing, like you guys, you guys got a chance to reform in two thousand two. Has anybody put a, a, a substantial amount of money towards these children getting therapy? Has the people who did the original crimes been fired? Has the people who were covering it up back in two thousand two been fired? Because clearly, sixteen years later, y'all still haven't fixed your shit. Right, right. You say you don't want them. You don't want. You don't want. The, you don't want. The, you don't want your parishioners to lose confidence in the church. But what are? What is the church doing to rectify this? Absolutely nothing. not a damn thing. In nearly every case, the Pennsylvania grand jury said the prosecutors found that the statute of limitations had run out, meaning criminal charges cannot be filed. More than 100 of the police priests were dead. Many others have retired or have, have been dismissed from the priesthood or, or put on leave. Authorities charged two as a result of the grand jury investigation, including a priest who, said, who has since pleaded guilty, though some of those names were prosecuted years ago. I'm sorry, just because you retired doesn't mean you can't go to jail. You need to go to like you not being in 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 you know a man of the cloth anymore does not mean that you should not be uh, responsible for and pay for your crimes. As church officials scramble to defend themselves, the state attorney general's office said that its hotline for victims has lit up, fielding more than 150 calls within 24 hours of the report becoming public. Calls to the hotline in 2016 spurred the grand jury investigation, and, and uh, Attorney General Josh Shapiro said the investigation is still ongoing. Grand jury heard from dozens of witnesses and reviewed more than a half a million pages of internal diocese uh, documents, including reports by bishops and Vatican officials about the allegations against the priests. The panel concluded that a succession of bishops, that a succession of bishops and other diocese leaders tried to shield the the church from bad publicity and financial liability. They failed to report accused clergy to police using used confidential agreements to silence victims, sent priests to treatment facilities, with laundered the, the laundered the clergymen and permitted hundreds of known offenders to return to the ministry. The report said. The other aspect of this is, and I think that's where um, Deepam Joe came from. The church is tax exempt. This is a tax exempt pedophile ring. Let's keep it real here. A tax exempt pedophile ring where you have people that are actively, even if they're not pedophiles themselves, they're actively setting up and, and, and 
providing cover and access to other pedophiles. What are we? I'm going to go further. Y'all are actively participating in this pedophile ring. Whether you are the ones who are molesting or you are the ones who are covering it, you're still participating. Nobody gets a, nobody gets a pass. You are equally as complicit as a person doing it itself, uh, themselves. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. You're equally as complicit. You equally got to go. No, and absolutely. to T-Bomb's point, like the fact that you are a tax-free zone, I'm just irritated. Like, I, I don't, I, yeah. it's, there's nothing I hate more. We kind of, this is not directly, obviously this is not directly involved, but similar to enough, like what we talked about earlier in the beginning of the podcast is that I don't like when people don't take accountability for their actions. And this is just a slew of people not taking accountability for their actions. Yeah. I mean, and, well, it, and, and frankly, you don't give, you don't give a fuck about humans. Well, it, it's why. He's, yeah. Sorry. No, I'm. Yeah, no. Continue. Sorry, no, it's, just, it's it, why irrit- I, it bugs me. It, it, it's why I got so mad at the Joe Paterno thing when people came on and, and tried to defend Paterno. I'm like, but he knew Saint Jesse was doing this. He had there was evidence that he was, this stuff was brought to his attention and he didn't do anything. Same thing with, with I think Paterno's son. It's like these people knew they are no. You take that fucking statue down because you can't be a hero when you knew about pedophilia and you didn't do shit about it. And maybe you even actively covered the shit up. No, you don't get to. You don't, you don't get to live your life and be hailed as a hero when you did some shit like that. That shit is cowardly, you know? Yeah, you had an opportunity to save someone. You had an opportunity to help someone get out of a very dangerous situation that would, like, literally impact their life forever. And you turn the other way for what? For money? So your school can win a couple of games? Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you put the, in this case, they put the publicity the bad hit we don't want to take the bad hit for publicity what do you think was the worst hit that you 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 find out about this like i don't, I never understood the logic behind this and again you know you mean you talk about pr stuff all the time so maybe you can give me some 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 insight on this that maybe i'm missing what what makes people think that what that it's it, it's it's better in the long run to see a problem take care of it up front and be like oh no we found out this this priest was a pedophile we got rid of him. We're making restitution to his victims, and we're making sure that this man. We're going to support every. Um, we're going to support uh, any criminal investigation and make sure he goes to jail because we do not support this stuff. What makes people think that publicity from that is somehow worse than it coming out later on that you spent decades, and decades covering up not one, not two, but hundreds and hundreds of other pedophiles and hundreds and hundreds of other cases like this. What makes you think that the second, pit, the second set of publicity is better than the first, is, better than, is a better idea and a better option than the first set of publicity? I don't understand it. Can you help me make sense of that? No, it doesn't make any sense. And as somebody, like, I get it, like, Catholicism and Christianity is definitely different, but, like, growing up, I went to church growing up my whole life. Um, and in the Bible it says what's done in the darkness will one day come into the light. And so you can hide it all you want, but you're better off filling this in this era of social media and this era of people actively finding ways to bring people to justice. It's become a community effort now right. in the world of social media and, 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 and um, information sharing that people like that, like you could hide that under a rug. The minute somebody tweets it, the minute somebody says something about it, it's going to explode and snowball into a big pile of shit, which is exactly what this is. And so there is 
you, your best way to go about it is to one, get in front of it, acknowledge that you were wrong in here and say, hey, we know and understand what your perception of the Catholic Church is. And that is why we are actively working to change the minds of the people. You know how we do that? But we're removing people who have been accused of this, that we have seen evidence of doing this, and we are getting them the fuck out of here. Yo, again, this is why I said that both sides of the James Gunn thing bother me. Because this comes into where I'm like, oh, well, people are like, oh, Disney fucked up. I'm like, actually, Disney did the right thing. Because here's the thing. If I ran a business, somebody made those kind of jokes. It's not just the jokes. It's like, what if he did do something? Not saying he did. Nobody really believes he did. But what if he did? It's like, give it of now just so you don't have to worry about dealing with that later right that's smart you get ahead of the situation so that you ain't got to worry about coming back later on and trying to explain well oh well no see what actually happened was we put we put profits over the idea that maybe like no you can't play with that kind of shit you can't you can't take those kind of fucking risks and I, i'm like they did what they got to do it's like i don't think people understand this like i'd rather take that upfront hit of people going and the jokes and things like that then later on people going oh well the, you actually kind of dodged a bullet in the long run it's like you gotta play the long game with a lot of this shit you can't hide this you stuff do. you can't it's just what it is you get you like the, what gets you in trouble is playing the short game playing the thing of oh well you know maybe people won't find out that's so that's a do you want to take that risk you sure you want to take that risk i know i don't want to take that risk <laughs> you know and the unfortunate matter of this is like i'm an ima- i'm imagining especially because there's a lack of diversity in in, in the priests i I've, I've heard um if these are mostly white dudes they're going to be okay yeah yeah well as they said other other report pointed out touch your limitations over is, is over yeah they, they, they're they gonna be fine they're gonna be fine and now, so so now, the people that actually did the job and did the, and did the dirt are going to be fine. But you, as a church, now have to deal with this because you covered it up, and you can be you can be found and held accountable. And people are going to come after you. And you were worried about the financial li- liability before. What is it now? Like I don't understand how people think that somehow. It's like it's like it goes it goes back to police, right? It's like why do you think that doing it right the first time up front and 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 admitting you were wrong, admitting a cop use excessive force, kicking them out the force, and maybe paying on a small settlement there is going to be a more of a hassle than when they find out that the, 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 the class action lawsuit comes in that finds out that you were systemically covering up bad behaviors for years and years and years. You're going to pay triple what you were doing before. It's like so many people think in the short term for this shit. Um, to begin to think of in the short term and more of this because I'm pretty sure some of these are, are Christian. School closes after Oklahoma parents threaten to castrate transgender child. Now, I'm going to read through this stuff in this article, and I'm going to tell you right now. I have never read an article where I wanted to hunt down the people who were in it and physically fight them more than when I read this. Did you hear about this? No, I have not. But the title itself, it tells me that I'm, I'm about to be in the trenches right with you wanting to fight folks. I wanted, I hope that they hunt these people down and they drag the ever living fuck out of them. Like for every, it is an entire school district has been closed after, after parents threatened a transgender, a transgender girl with castration and beating and, and a beating because she used the girl's bathroom. The horrific messages were, which referred to 12-year-old Maddie as it, this thing, half-baked maggot, and the transgender were posted on the Facebook group for parents of students at, a, uh, I think it's Achilles, 
Achille Hokoma. Earlier this year, an Indiana teacher who refused to use trans people's, a, trans, a trans pupil's chosen name resigned because of his religious beliefs conflicted with the school's policy. Um, and then here are, the, here are some of these, uh, the, these comments. People, they did it on Facebook, and they used their real names. Ty Hayes says, this is terrible. Y'all have great kids, and a little half-baked maggot is causing them problems. We feel for y'all. Eddie Belcher, which fuck you for you having the last name Belcher and ruining the Belcher family on TV from Boss Burger. So those Belchers would never do something like this because you are fucking terrible. You were terrible for your fucking name. Eddie Belcher says, if he wanted to be female, make him a female. A, a good sharp knife will do the job real, really quick. That one at that time had two thumbs up. All right, people actually like the post. David Carpenter. Why are parents letting their ch- ch- their kids be transgender? Kevin Bickerstaff just tell the kids to kick ass in the bathroom and it won't come back. Two schools will be closed on Wednesday after Maddie, who usually goes to the staff bathroom. This child had to go to the staff bathroom to go to the bathroom. Use a girl's toilet first, uh, toilet one day on the first day of seventh grade. This is Charles seven in seventh grade. Local resident Jamie Crinsolve responded to the news of this on the Facebook group, writing, "The transgender is already using using the girls' bathroom. Enough is enough." This sparked a wave of hatred against Maddie, who has been identified as a girl since fifth, who has identified as a girl since fifth grade. With Eddie Belcher writing, "If he wants to be a female, make him female." So Jamie Ca- uh, Carpenter, this is what this is, this is what the 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 whole post written by Jamie says. Heads up, parents of fifth through seventh grade. The transgender is already using the girl's bathroom. We have been told how the school has gone above and beyond to make sure he has already misgendering the child. He has his own restroom, yet he is still using, using the girls. Really? Looks like it's going to be a long year. We have made school board meetings over this situation last year, but nothing, we, we have, uh, I guess I'm saying many, over this last year, but nothing seems to have changed. This is the same kid that got in trouble as soon as he transferred two years ago for uh, looking over the stalls in the girls' bathroom. Enough is enough. Uh, oh, I got more. Oh, Seth, okay. Seth, Seth Shelby Cooper says, let Parker whoop his ass until he quits coming to school. I guess Parker is her son. Uh, is, is, uh, is Jamie Kernshaw's son. I let the queer no, teacher... Racism is over. Yeah. Waylon Lott. Racism and trans- transphobia is over. Y'all. Oh, it's over. It's, it's been done. They, they get so many more rights than we do. Um, they're literally fighting for bathroom rights. Like we used to fight, but you know, they get so many more rights than we do. Uh, Waylon Lott. I let the queer teacher get me worked up. This is even worse. So now they're also mad at that there's, there's a queer teacher. Seth she- uh, Shelby Cooper uh, left my ass off. Both cases are BS. Neither one of them should be allowed near the school. Gina Seagrave says, uh, so Eddie McCroskey says, parents and churches need to shut this down. The Bible says God created man and woman, not any transgender BS. Also says any man lay, lay with another man, he'd be condemned to hell. Hell with the new laws and, and new rules. This is what our future is if we don't stop it. Gina Seagrave says, how old is this thing? Jamie Crinsall, 12. He came to our school in the fifth grade and now seventh. Uh, again, misgendering the child. Uh, this thing, I love it. I got a name for it now. Perfect name says Ty Hayes. 
Jamie Blanchard said, I think the fact that everyone isn't looking down on the boy slash girl trying to be what he thinks he is, needs to be. But the problem is, if he's a boy and wants to identify as a woman, fine by me, but it's not fine by you because you're already misgendering him, or misgendering her, excuse me. Uh, but why would he be peeking over the stalls if he didn't have any an interest? Maybe trying to see if the bathroom is empty because he knows, uh, she knows that the parents are pieces of shit and are going to threaten her, uh, are, gonna, are threatening, are telling their kids to threaten her and beat her up. Also, just because you're trans, whether a trans man or a trans woman or a trans boy or a trans girl, does not mean that you like the same sex that you exactly. transitioned into. They're trans. But go women, on. They're trans women that are lesbian. I mean, that's just. There's also is. trans women who are straight. Like it's you. They're not. They're they. Like gender, you, like, gender, you gender, have gender, to be both. Gender and sexuality are, are totally different things. Kind of seems yeah. like it's going to be uh, a direction of a pervert someday to me. Just use the other bathroom that's designed, designated for him. If you have boy parts, you are a boy, period. Don't go in the bathroom with my girls. But also, like, every bathroom for... Now, Maddie is... Uh, she is... What, uh, what grade is she in? I, I guess seven, but I think she's 12. She's 12? 12. Okay. Yeah, Maddie so, is 12. She's a 12-year-old 12 12-year-old girl. 12-year-old girl. So all I know is, is that she majority of bathrooms whether it be boys bathrooms or girls bathrooms in general they usually just have regular stalls i don't know i've I've never been into a boys bathroom so i correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like when you're that young in age they all equally have stalls there's not urinals right i'm Mm -hmm. I'm imagining Uh, that's when like the boys trouble the boys i think they did is middle school so middle school they think they do have urinals for the boys regardless there's still stalls there right Because so everybody yeah. needs stalls. So, what is the issue? Well, the whole bathroom thing has always been a, has always been stupid because it's, it's never made any sense. It's never made any sense because it's like, first of all, okay, first of all, so is it any better for you if you know another girl looked over the stall, like uh, another uh, cis girl in quotes looked over the stall? Would that no. would that be any better? Would that like, would that be any better for them? For the I'm talking about for these parents. Would that be any better? Like when you when you hear about um, cisgender boys raiding raiding the the women going into the women's bathroom, do you get upset about that? No, you hear you're like, boys will be boys. You say that shit, but all of a sudden now you're worried about this behavior, which personally I don't believe is happening anyway. I don't believe Maddie is doing that. I don't think she's doing it particularly. Uh, to to spy on other uh, girls or anything like that. Honestly, I think it's kind of to see if anybody's in the bathroom because it seems like you guys have made going to the bathroom such a hard thing for this little twelve year old girl to do. So, like to me, it just all seems like bullshit. It all seems like bullshit from parents that are supposed to be parents. Oh, it doesn't seem. It is absolutely a hundred percent without a doubt bullshit. And I, I'm curious to see like has. Maddie's parents responded to this. I'm I'm trying to I think they have. I'm trying to see if I can find Because yeah, I'm, I want I want to get to the point of like how and why and what was the decision in terms of closing down the school, which I don't disagree with after reading those comments, but I'm just I want to see where how did it lead where, where's the yeah, connection? Here we, go. here we go. After the abuse was brought to light through screenshots posted on the district's officials page, Maddie's mother uh, Brandy filed a restraining order on eight, on August 10th against uh, Bernie uh, Crenshaw, uh, Jamie's husband, who identified who, who she identified as the ringleader. Brandy told local news station uh, KX11 uh, 
TV, she hadn't been told where the staff bathroom was. Um, before she was able to, she was able to be told she had to pee. So she used the girl's bathroom one single time. First of all, I love Ma- Maddie's mother seems to be completely accepting of Maddie. And but also love, she was like, okay, you want, let's keep that same energy when you get this restraining order. Right. Exactly. When the abuse, Shout sur- to her mom. right. When the abuse uh, surfaced, including the castration comment, uh, Brandy became so afraid for her children's safety that they no longer sleep at home at home at night. That's a threat against her life. That's scary. She said, these are adults making threats. I don't understand it. Uh, Brandy added, she's an awesome kid to see any fear in her. I can't explain how bad that does hurt me. Um, uh, the superintendent, uh, Rick Bean, told them, uh, told them, I guess them as a, uh, as a magazine, uh, told them, we are putting in... Oh, it's a measure. queer magazine. It's a, queer, okay. it's, it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a LGBTQIA plus magazine that's ran by um, uh, who used to be like the digital lead of uh, Teen Vogue, who is a gay, who is a gay man. Oh, awesome. Uh, we are putting in extra measures to safeguard our students. We preach all the concern of our students. Our school was shut down until Wednesday for safety precautions. Um, while I would not go into specific, we have also increased security. Being said, the majority of the people posting on their parents' group don't actually live in the school district, adding the group itself not officially connected to either of the local schools. Uh, I don't care a fuck. Our, I'm, I'm trying to see, and there's no information on whether some of these people, like, because to me, you're just thinking of children. Like, these people need to be hunted down and at least confronted by the police because... Listen, Maddie's mama is better than me because I, my parents would roll up into school for less like things not as serious as this ready to fight so the fact that she has been able to keep this amount of restraint and decorum madam i i salute you because you're you're, you're, not, you're not threatening somebody's child yeah let's, let's, what let's, you're not gonna do is that you're not gonna threaten my like, child like, while i got hands like the, the the transphobia the misgendering the 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 the, the, the all that stuff is bad enough but then you try to get it physical then you try to get you and you think that shit is cute See, this is the kind of shit people do, and see, and when I punch you in the fucking face and punch you in your fucking mouth, all of a sudden you're gonna cr- cry assault, and you cry, you're you're gonna cry about it. It's like, see, like you said, people don't keep that same energy. You know, they don't they don't have that energy. They they have all this bravado, but as soon as you meet their words with some action, all of a sudden they 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 want to they want they want to change their tune. Um, now I want to move into something else that's that's kind of related to this a little bit um wait am i but so so they so they had to close the school district because of the threats because of the restraining order well, well no no so that's the thing they, they close it seems like they're adding more security measures whatever that means which again to me doesn't really address the problem if i was the superintendent if I, you know what i would do your kids are no longer welcome here not not to yeah. maddie but to the parents of the if i identify any now because they, they did also say that this is one thing that kind of there was a monkey wrench in this. Some of these uh, parents and these people that were these adults weren't in the school district that they, that, that that this was associated with. So for that, there's nothing you can do about them. I would definitely get the police involved in that, obviously that that um that uh, 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 restraining order. But for the ones that are, oh no no, your kids are no longer welcome in the school district. But also that threat automatically constitutes, at least in my mind, a hate crime. Oh yeah, it should be. That's a, that's a clear, invisible threat. That's a hate crime. They absolutely should be going to jail. Oh, absolutely. 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 But Maddie, sweetheart, like, listen, I love you. I don't even know you, and I love you. And you don't deserve this. Mm-mm. Not one bit. Not one bit. It's ridiculous. Um, but this kind of reminds me, uh, it kind of happened to what we talked to last week. I had my, um, 
Jack uh, Jack Dorsey is a coward episode. We talk about Jack is. I don't want to give an update on that one. So I don't know if anybody saw this yesterday. Apparently, Jack was going around. Uh, yesterday was Cash App Friday. So apparently, Jack went around and was donating money or giving money to uh, black women on their Cash Apps. What? <laughs> I missed this. Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not like one. Hey, girls, you know. My fellow, my fellow black ladies, Leo, shout out to you. The come up is upon us, and I'm all about y'all getting your coin. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I get a laugh for this. <laughs> I, oh. I, 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 because I, um, I saw this, and I wanted to be like, this motherfucker is so transparent, so transparent. He had the check had the week. Of after because after we put the article out, so so some of the things that happened after I put the article, uh, we did the episode right. Um, so because uh, because you know first Jack put that whole thing about oh well, this is the reason why we didn't suspend Alex Jones and blah 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 bunch of bullshit. Then CNN uh, Oliver Darcy put that article up. I was like, well actually he has actually violated your rules on Twitter several times. Here is the evidence of it to force Twitter force Twitter to come out and make an official statement. Then then uh, they had to actually suspend him for a week. Because something that Alex Jones did, and it's just been like he's been having a Jack and Jack and Twitter have been having a rough time, kind of explaining the, like their new thing was they put out a thing thing on Thursday saying they were playing around with how uh they, how to get rid of the echo chamber on Twitter. But I, I hate that. I hate the idea of because the echo chamber always gets used against people that have progressive ideas. Like you just want an echo chamber. It's like yeah, progressive ideas. Yeah, actually, I do. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I. I do want to echo chamber of progressive ideas. We can, there can be different kinds of progressive ideas, but that's that I, I'll take that echo chamber. I don't need to hear the other side because the side is nothing but white supremacy and racism, but it was like, we're going to, uh, maybe we'll, we'll find a way to combat that by uh, putting people, uh, putting different ideas into people's timelines. Uh, I did, even if they're not following them, I'm like that's a terrible idea, Jack. What you're not going to, but then that opens up, speaking of the black woman that you're putting, you know, money in their cash apps for, that also opens up to a target of harassment and triggers that we have carefully worked to try to remove via our um, mutes and blocks and stuff like that and our quality filters. That's a no. Which goes to why I just laughed when I saw this. Because it's... I, I struggle with calling it performative because it, it does have actual credible hope for some of these women. I've seen some of the women that put out, they were, they were at the of these were, were at needed the money for rent or medical bills, things like that. So it wasn't needed money, but it's performative because Jack is only doing this to get good press after all the bad press he had. And it comes with no kind of awareness. Like, like you just said, Joy, it's like you're, you're, you're donating this money and that's great. And that does help. But you then don't also refuse to take a stand and do the things that need to happen on Twitter to make sure that the women that you're donating money to are protected. Yeah, and listen, I'm, you will never hear me say to anybody, decline money from this rich motherfucker. No, please take that money, girl. I get it. I understand. Life is hard, and you need money to live and survive in this, in this society. So this is not in any way shaming the ladies who took that money because it was something that they needed. But it is equally like, hey, I'm appreciative of you giving this money to black women. But also at the same time, I know it's performative and you're still not doing anything to protect them in this digital space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ridiculous. 
Um, and and it reminds me of so many of these these white liberals because uh, Bill Maher got in 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 the news for saying something halfway decent, but now here he goes again because it always happens with Bill Maher. HBO Bill Maher slams liberal opponents of free speech. I don't like Alex Jones, but Alex Jones gets to speak. On Friday night, Bill Maher took up the subject of free speech in the wake of Alex Jones being thrown off of social media platforms on his HBO show. If you're a liberal, you're supposed to be for free speech. He said that's free speech for things you hate. That's why free. Uh, wh- that's what free speech means. We're losing the thread of the concept that are important to this country. Either you care about what the, about the real American uh, American shit, or you don't. If you do, it goes for every for every side. I don't like Alex Jones, but Alex Jones gets to speak. Uh, gets to speak. Everybody gets to speak. Here's the thing, guys. I keep telling you guys this, but somehow, you, just like Charlemagne, motherfuckers keep going back. Bill Maher's an idiot. Bill Maher is not smart. I don't know where we got this idea that he is, but he's not. He's also not fucking funny, but we'll save that, right? That's not what free speech is. Free speech isn't just, oh, well, somebody said something I don't like, so they're, they're, but they're allowed to say it, so that's okay. We have a list of things that we, are, we say are not okay. You know? There are, there are, and, and, and not to mention, free speech doesn't really apply to private companies in, in these things. Like, you cannot go to work and say whatever the fuck you want and be protected and not be able to be fired. That's not how that works. You're not allowed to go into a crowded place and shout fire. You're not allowed to incite violence. You're not allowed. We definitely have limits on free, those kind of free speech. They've always been there. Always been there. That's how this always has worked. So where does what uh, uh, Alex Jones being held accountable and, and having to suffer consequences for the things he says, the false things he says that, that lead to violence, racism, bigotry, what makes you think that's a free speech argument? I wish we had something like free hands. Like, can we make that a thing? Like, people, people have the right to just, like, throw hands at folks because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot more um, proactive mm-hmm. at this point than free speech. That's yeah. personally how I feel. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, need, it's needed. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, that's not how... I, 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 don't, I never understand... Like, I don't understand how we're this far into 2018 and all these years and people still don't understand what free speech means. Freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequences. It never has. And it never will. Like, I, y'all, y'all have to be accountable. Like, this is the, the crux of this whole conversation today. You have to be responsible for your actions. You have to. That's how life, that is what being an adult is. You have to be responsible for your actions. Alex Jones has spent a time and effort and energy making false, dangerous, stress on the dangerous claims that put a lot of people in dangerous positions. He got to be responsible for his shit, bro. Well, and like he thing, does. Another thing, too, I think this is very, very important. Because, again, reading back what, 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 what Bill Maher says here, uh, I don't like Alex Jones, but Alex Jones gets to speak. Motherfucker, nobody's telling him he can't. He's, they're saying, you can't speak here. You cannot speak on this platform. I own this platform. We have rules here. You have violated our rules. You are not allowed to be here with this. You do not represent us. You can speak. Go speak on your own time. Alex Jones can get a mic and speak wherever he wants and say whatever the fuck he wants. 
There are no free speech police keeping Alex Jones from speaking. Now, how his stuff is disseminated is controlled. That's how we've always had. We have the FCC. We have we have rules and we have rules on speech all the time. You know, I can't go on live TV and start cussing up a storm. I'll be censored. Like there are certain there are limits to these kind of things. Like we know this. So why are we still having this conversation about? Oh well, you know he gets to speak. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, he does. Nobody's stopping him. Nobody's going over to Alex Jones to tape his mouth shut. They should. They should. Because nothing he speaks is good. Nothing he says is, 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 is worth a damn. But he's allowed to speak. Like, I just, I, I get so angry when I see people say this. And this is why I, when it comes to someone like Bill Maher, I tell people, it's like, what are you talking about? He's, you, you watch him because he's smart. And he has good interviews. No, he doesn't. When he says shit like this, he's worthless. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, let's see what else we got here on uh stuff here. Oh, I love this one. This is you know, we'll uh we'll spice it up a little bit and get a little bit get a little bit uh, funnier here. I don't know if you've seen this on um and um uh, I wish I could. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna D I'm gonna DM this link to you on Twitter so you can see this because you got to see this the, the images of what I'm about to to show here. Um, Paris balks at horrible eco friendly public urinals. Now, when we were in San Diego, we, we talked about um, people were just peeing all over the place and which they, they, needed, they needed public bathrooms, right? And if this was just some public bathrooms, it would be okay. But um, no, what this is is um, bright red, fully exposed urinals have been placed around this, across the city to reduce peeing on streets. But the eco-friendly devices, which are filled with straw and designed to be odorless, have left many unconvinced. Furious residents are calling for the urinal to be renewed, removed and are planning to submit a petition. One particular urinal, which has been placed near the Notre Dame Cathedral and overlooks a passing uh, tourist boat, has been singled out for criticism. There's no need to put something like that into in, in something so immodest and ugly in such a historic spot. Um, it's beside the most beautiful townhouse, the Hotel de Lausanne, uh, and uh, she's worried that it will it, it will uh, incite exhibitionism. Do you see the, the, the Do you see the images? They look like trash cans. Almost. Yeah, it's oh the oh. What What are we doing? Wait, hold on. I'm opening it up right now. That does not like nobody. No. What are we doing? Because here's the other thing too, and I think this is an important thing. And I, I put this under this more evidence that men are trash. Where are the bathrooms for women? I was going to say the same exact thing. So what you're telling me is, it's not that, it's not, the, fine, fine. Okay, so here we go. So the local mayor, uh, Ariel Wheel, said the urinals are needed. If we don't do anything, then men are just going to pee in the streets. It is really, if it's really bothering people, we need to find a location. Why are men peeing in the streets? That is my, I have many questions, but that's definitely one of them. Um, why is men peeing in the streets? That's one. And two, why are we coddling them as if they can't hold it? Like they're not adults. Like that's my thing. And don't get me wrong. Like, let me, let me preface that by saying there are definitely people who have bladder issues that they can't necessarily hold it all the time. I get that. I understand. But there are also women with bladder issues that can't hold it all the time. Where is their urinal? 
So and and that's where and that's my issue too. My issue is that it's um that there's no equality in this. That it's only for it's only urinal for men, and that if you really were care if you really worried about you know um, bathrooms of that you'd make you you just make unisex bathrooms available. If that's the problem, because like you said, people have bladder issues. People need to. I mean, people do need bathrooms. So I I totally understand that. But here you've just made urinals. That's it. That's all you've done. You you you've done urinals, and you haven't done anything. You know, in terms of uh, solving a problem for women um, or other individuals or people who don't want to pee. Because literally, it's like peeing on a tree. When you see it these is. folks. It's peeing on a tree. It's allowing men to basically pee on a tree in public. What are we doing? What, why? And also the first picture is like one facing a tourist boat, which is not appealing in any way, shape, or form. And, and, and that, is not, that, that is not a Photoshop. That is apparently one of the ones that they, they're, they're really upset about because it's literally the tourist boat passes by and you look up over this bridge and you see a man peeing. What, what are we... What are, what are, There are some men who who like dead ass don't think that women like use the bathroom or need <laughs> like there are like I'm not even joking like there I don't know what this misconception is is that like women don't need stalls and like availability and accessibility like even when you look in this in the U.S. like why like the women's bathroom lines are so long is because most people don't take into consideration that hey there's women who need to use the bathroom and they don't like make up or take account for the fact that. Hey, we should probably build this to have more stalls than men's bathrooms on average. Yeah, I don't. I, I never understood that. I mean, I, I mean, I understand the sexism behind it, but I'm like, okay, at this point, can you guys, like, what the fuck, people, <laughs> get, get 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 shit together? Like, women exist; they need to use bathrooms. Yeah, like I don't know why you just don't. You, we all know this. This is a common societal joke. Like, oh, the women's bathroom line is so long. Ha ha ha! All right, well, are you doing anything to change that, or at all? I feel like this is like adult pull-ups, you know, but not the pins. It's like it's like because people are too lazy. Like this, this is not for people that have bladder issues. Not for people that because again, there there are there are needs for this stuff. This is for people. This is for men being too lazy. And at some points, I I feel like. We coddle. No, it's not even that. I feel that we no. We, as men, we're coddled so much. Like I was thinking about this the other day. Um, there's been a lot of these talks about. This wasn't even on my my topic list, but I want to bring this up. I've seen way too many men complaining about child support. Wear condoms, fellas. That's what I'm saying. I can't relate. My daddy actually raised me, so. Like, wear condoms. If you don't want to pay for, you have two choices, right? Because this is what I feel like this is coming down to, like the the um, true hair harassment thing, where I just went to the one choice, which is women go, so I can't talk to women. No, you can't, because I feel like the reasonable answer, you guys have already, you you guys are too dumb to, to handle. Because the reasonable answer is, if you don't want to pay exorbitant child support and or you literally can't do it, or you're worried about what your baby mom is doing with the money. You will sit down with your child's mother and you guys will come up with a co-parenting agreement and you will stick to it. Right? That's like the easy answer. That's the thing that seems to make the most sense and is the obvious choice. 
But it seems like a lot of these men can't or won't do that. So, okay. You know what it is also? Like, you know how we talked about how it needs to be taught in schools like financial literacy? How much it costs to raise a child on average should also be taught. Oh, absolutely. Like, I know there's not enough sex ed courses in general, but especially like if you are, if your school does have sex ed courses, there should be one on childbirth and like accidental pregnancy and how much it costs to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I see so many people going, oh, you know, the child's mother, they're, they're doing this, doing that. So one is like, okay, you're, you're, you know, some of the money, your, 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 your child's mother went and bought a pair of new shoes for herself. Okay. I mean, what is she supposed to do? Walk around with barefoot? I mean, part but, of, but some people really do believe that. Chris. I mean, part, part of, part of your child, because there's two things to this one, one, the, the obvious answer, don't have kids then. If you're that worried about it, don't have kids then. Or, or here's the thing. A lot of times you end up breaking up with the baby's mama or you're not married to them. Um, maybe make sure you're with somebody that you're going to want to be with for life before you have a kid with them. That's one. Two, um, get, so, get, get, get primary custody. But like so many, and I see, hear so many people say, oh, primary custody usually goes to the mother. And that's true. But how many fathers are really out there trying to actually have primary custody? Because I find so many of these fathers out here they don't want primary custody, but they want to act like they have primary custody and dictate what the 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 the, uh, the 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 child's mother does with the money she gets and how she raises the child. Well, if you're not going to be there as a primary caregiver, you have input. You don't get to make it. You don't have a choice. As far as I'm but concerned. also, like, I don't like this. Like, I'm not a fan of this assumption that that that. Uh, the ch- I agree that definitely, like on average, primary custody is given to mothers. But sometimes, a lot of it has to do with like nobody stepping up to raise their own damn kid. Right. So right. if you're around and you want to raise your child, step up. Step, step up. up. Like I don't like this assumption that all like that all men women are like natural caregivers. They're not. Not all women want to raise kids. Especially and it sounds like very cut and dry and like terrible to say, but it's true. But like not everybody wants to raise kids. But especially by themselves, nobody signs up for that. Yeah, it doesn't be a single. single if you want to, if you if you're that person, you want to raise this kid, please. I guarantee you, there'll be more women than people realize that would be like, all right, cool. Well, I I get to see yeah. I, I get to see my kids every other weekend. Well, fuck that. How about you get to see your kid every other day? You take ch- turns, you know, uh, co-parenting. You pick them up from school sometimes during the week. You make dinner sometimes. Uh, after school or stuff like that. How about you actually be a a co parent? Like I see the, the the to me like the 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 the, the children that wait because I've seen a lot of good co parents. I've seen a lot of good co parenting. If you're not gonna if you're not gonna be a co parent, then don't be a fucking parent. And co parenting it, it's so weird. I say co parenting. We always limit co parenting to parenting for single parents for 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 divorced parents. But I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Co-parenting to me also applies to people that are also married because some, how mm-hmm. many people, how many men out there are supposed to be parents, but then don't also help rate, do the things of raising a kid. So your wife has to work a full-time job, but also to pick up the kids from after school then has to come home and make dinner, has to come home and do the laundry, uh, clean the, like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. My dad, like my dad was the primary caregiver in terms of like, he would make the money. But my mom was a stay-at-home mom. But my mom, when we got older, like started doing a summer like contract job to make you know her own money. So my dad would raise us. But my dad can wash dishes. My dad definitely knows how to do laundry. My dad knows how to sew. My dad knows how to cook. My parents both own a restaurant, so they both definitely know how to cook. So it, if if he was not babysitting us, 
he was raising us because some of you, some of you niggas babysit your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get your kid on the weekends, and you wonder why you're you're why why there's an increase in in money because raising kids is expensive, especially as they get older. More things are required. They want to go places. They want to do things. They want to have things. You know. Then you're then you then you want to know where that money's going to. Well, if you want to know where that money's fucking going to, maybe you should fucking be there. Yeah. Oh, no, but she won't. But she won't, but she won't let me see the kids. Well, what the, I'm, I'm sorry. This is gonna be where the victim lane comes in. What the fuck did you do? Because very, very rarely, I know every now and then there is there are those 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 cases where like the you know they're spiteful and the mother won't let the father who really is trying to see his kids see the kids. But you know what? I always find out is that's never the case when it comes to people talking about it on social media. That's never the case. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I did like cheat on her uh, with my current girlfriend in our own bed while I was supposed to be picking and watching the kids. But like, I mean, that was so long ago. And now I want to bring, you know, my kids around the, the, the woman I cheat. Like, yeah, that's going to cause some fucking problems. And you got to deal with that because you made a mistake. You fucked up. So you're going to have to do something. You know, you're going to have to deal with that. You know, oh, it's just so fucking annoying. So fu- I'm. I'm, I'm Another reason why I had to get off of, I had to get off social media sometimes. So, uh, yeah, no, like I, I've, I've had to kind of create the stance of there are definitely people like that in the world. I've just think I've thanked the Lord tremendously that the people in my life are not like that, and that I was raised by two parents uh, that both equally took a stake in loving me. Like I'm, you know, I think I've said it before in the podcast. Like I'm, I look like just like my mom. If you've ever seen pictures of me and my mom, I have. Yeah, but I, have, yeah. I, yeah, I look just like her. I'm my dad's kid, though. I look, I, my personality is exactly like my father's. Um, and me and him have a genuine relationship because he took the time and effort. And he told me growing up, like, you listen, my father was furniture. He was there, but he wasn't present. Mm-hmm. So, like, even some of you, like, some of y'all are there, but y'all not actually like actively participating in the welfare and raising of your child. And so he didn't want to be that. And so he was like, I'm going to actively be involved in my kid's life. And he helped me with projects, helped me study for school, like bought me my first portfolio when I went to business school. Like that, my, that's my dad. I, I, I have legitimate fond memories. I don't, I don't understand when people don't want to be a part of their kids' lives. Look, if you deliberately right. choose to have them. Well, because they don't think about the cost of what it, just like we were talking about before at the beginning of the show about the cost of, the true cost of owning and maintaining a home. You don't understand the full cost of, own, of I don't want to say owning, but having and maintaining children. Like that's eighteen at, at the very least eighteen years of commitment. Yeah, and I I don't begrudge people who are like you know what, and this is why I'm I'm very much pro reproductive rights because I don't begrudge anyone who does not want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Kids are that's something you have to sign up for, not for just eighteen years, forever. They're always mm-hmm. going to be your kids, so I get it. I understand when people will want to have an abortion or I understand when they want to put them uh, uh, up for adoption. You that's something that you're never prepared for, no matter how much you think you might be prepared for it. So I understand. But lot. once you sign up for it, there's no take back when it comes to kids. bro. But a lot of kids, a lot of a lot of men want to do that. They want to have the take back of I pick and choose when I come and go and stuff like that. And or they want to they, they want they, they, the whole thing. He, she won't let me see the kids on the. I was like, yeah, because you don't you don't want to do anything. You only want to show. You're not up, consistent. You're not consistent. You want to show up when you, you want to show up on your own fucking schedule, and then act like that's enough when they're over there struggling and having to do it. They're, they don't get a time off. You're, the, the primary the primary uh, caregiver of the child doesn't get the, doesn't give a time off. They're always there. They're always on. When they're tired, they still have to, they still have to be there. When when they don't have the money, they still got to pay for it. 
Like when when the kids are hung when when they're going when they, when when the kids are hungry and they're hungry, there's not enough food, but only for one person. Guess who goes hungry? Like they have that. You don't you don't get the you don't get to do that and then complain that you got to pay more. I'm sorry, but that's just how it works. If you didn't want to do that, then don't fucking have kids. I'm sorry, just don't. All right, you know what time it is. Guys. Oh, sorry. You had, sorry, you had, sorry, you had something you want to add to that? I said I I, I said I agree. So play the oh, music. Cool. <laughs> Here we go. Great moments in white privilege. All right, great moments in white privilege. I had this one sitting on my um, on my on my in my ready to go for a while now. Um, because I just I kept seeing it. And I was just like I. That's some good. That's this some. This is this is some prime grade prime grade A white privilege here. Rich white eighteen year old who drove getaway car during killing of a black man, acquitted of all charges, now plans to study law. Cameron Terrell was acquitted on Monday after jury deliberation that lasted ten days. Terrell was accused of driving the getaway car for two South Los Angeles juveniles who were accused of killing uh, Justin Angelon. Uh, un- and uh, Alonjo uh, Holmes last October. Terrell's defense attorney, Jovan Blackwell, told reporters that he and his client were satisfied saying that his client should not have should not have been charged with anything, certainly not murder. Cameron Terrell did not possess a wep- any weapons. He did not shoot anybody. He was not a part of any conspiracy or any pl- plan or plot. At, be- at, at best, evidence suggested that Cameron was a witness, Blackwell said, according to CBS Los Angeles. Blackwell claims his client's background, his family, where he resides, his school made a story, made a good story. Whenever, whatever that means. Um, uh, lots, lots, uh, L.A. County Deputy District Attorney uh, Aiden uh, Aiden uh, Mont- Montalban uh, attempted to argue that Terrell was a gang member who knew the intent of two juveniles who were black when they allegedly shot and killed 21 year old Holmes in a rival, ter- rival territory. Holmes was, one, uh, was with two other friends when they were approached by two armed juveniles. Holmes told the attacker that he was not a gang member, but he. But he did not survive. The two other men escaped without being harmed. Prosecutors claimed that Terrell knew about the planned shooting, especially given that he had parked out of sight to let the juveniles out of the vehicle, which belonged to his father. Prosecutors also uh, showed jurors video taken by Terrell showing his friends kicking down candles left at the makeshift memorials in Holmes's honor. Blackwell, however, insisted that Terrell was only thought that, that, that a fight would take place, saying that his client was surprised to hear the gunshots using Terrell's driving his daddy's car as an excuse to prove that Terrell knew nothing of the shooting. That sounds like some bullshit. Let me tell you why this is some great moments of white privilege. Do you know how many black people get hit? Not just with like an accessory after the fact, but how many black people have gotten charged with felony murder for driving a getaway car, whether they knew what was happening or not. Do you understand? Like, it's it's this is un <sighs> but also the, i'm still stuck on the fact that they had video evidence of them kids kicking them candles at that at, at um the poor victims uh memorial mm-hmm. which if you know anything about black folks is that you know having candles on the street in signal to uh you know someone who's been taken from senseless violence is such a big part of our community and how we mourn Okay. And you were just kicking candles, and they had you on wax, bro. Like they had you on camera, and you still got the crazy you thing. Still yeah. weren't charged. Well, the crazy thing about this is, he's he's actually eighteen, so he's an adult. The two black kids that he drove were sixteen; they were juveniles. 
they'll probably face felony murder charges. He walks free and is now talking about he's going to study law. This is what we mean when we say white privilege and white people are allowed to get away with things that black people could never could. And I'm not saying that black, the, the two black kids should get away with the murder. No, they should definitely be charged with the murder. But so should this person. He should yeah, definitely should. be charged as murderer as well because he, that's what he did. He, he drove the car. He knew what was going on. And the fact that he's studying law, like when we talk about these are those like racist kids in college who end up becoming lawyers and prosecuting your grandchild in the future, this is what we mean. Funny you should mention that. Second, we're doing a double, double uh, twofer this week. Notorious college students kept dressing up as black in blackface and Nazi costumes. Happy Hanukkah well, for who has the time? Yeah, who has the time? White people. White people. White people have a lot of time with this. Happy Hanukkah from Auschwitz, read the image caption. Photo taken at an event organized and hosted at an elite St. Mark Residential College features two recent students from the University of Adelaide in Australia wearing striped uh, concentration camp style pajamas, a caricature hooked noses, and a yellow star David pinned under their chest. These students were also depicted wearing mock shackles with the personal identification numbers marked on their inner arms Simulating the tat- uh, the tat- those tattooed on Jewish concentration camp victims during the Holocaust. Other photos ta- uh, also taken uh, at St. Mark College you know, unearthed as part of a news.com slash news.com at dot AU investigation into university college culture featured a student dressed as Adolf Hitler and others doing a Nazi salute. So obviously this is not in the U.S., but we've done this plenty. We have plenty of stories of this, like I just I've never in my and and you probably you definitely could back me up on this Chris. never in my black ass life as a college student have I ever thought let me dress like a Nazi or like let me dress like a Mexican person or like I I just that's why it just really I don't understand like <laughs> I just don't get it white people, why white for people, what white people do this weird thing where because well you got a, a, a couple of things white people do this thing one where they whitewash history so they whitewash history so they, they don't have to understand it. And then they make fun of it by thinking it's ironic. Like, there's a whole bunch of these people that say, oh, I'm not a Nazi. I just find Nazi imagery ironic and funny and hilarious because you guys, it, gets you, it gets a rise out of people. I'm like, because they murdered six million people. Like, none of it is funny. And my thing is that, like, even if you, you don't have access to or know the history, like, I wouldn't even say that I'm, like, the number one historian of the history of Mexican folks uh, from Mexico coming to America. But never once have I had the inclination of, let me dress in a sombrero and a mustache and a poncho. So, like, that's where I'm just, like, a thousand percent agree with you, Chris. But you're, you're just being stupid just to be stupid. Yes. And and anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. For what? Like, I just, I, that's what, it, every Halloween, the shit comes around. We talk about cultures are not costumes, which I a thousand fucking percent agree. But like, I, it, it still uh, like is beyond me how someone thinks that that is okay. Just as a, a human living on this earth. I've never had that inclination. So it's always beyond me why people do. Because they don't care. It's a lack of empathy that goes around where you don't care 
And you don't care how your actions and what you do will affect somebody else. It's, just, it's a lack of empathy. People just don't give a shit. The images are not from one party, but they're hosted from a number of similar events hosted at the college year after year. Here's what gets me. This next one just throws me out. Students who attended this year's orientation week in February said a whole table of students attended an evening event dressed as Adolf Hitler. There were about 10 people, all boys, who came dressed wearing swastikas, uh, swastika armbands, and mustaches to the student who wished not to be named, fearing reprisal. They were basically, they, they were basically free license to choose whatever costume you want. I can't believe that others could not stand by and not step in. It baffles me. In recent years, the college has in, uh, introduced a strict social media policy, but early images taken during a 2015 orientation week college quiz night depicted a team of students dressed as racial stereotypes, including Asian and Jewish caricatures. The Jew team can be seen wearing hooked noses and fake beards and holding bags with dollar signs. Two female students who were apparently dressed as flames stand alongside the students representing as no. prisoners. I'm done. No. Nope. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no. No, I didn't. First of I, all, no, the, the thing. I didn't read that. I didn't, know that. I didn't. I didn't even know that. I, I I'd only started stopped reading this when I put this in the notes. I, I didn't read that part. I never. I never. I didn't see that until now. The Jew Holy team sh- and some of the women. Ooh, listen. Let's talk. Ooh, ooh. So this is why. And you know what? I just saw Black Klansman. I don't know if have, have you seen Black Klansman yet, yet. Not yet. I'm so far behind. Okay, I saw Black Klansman, and listen, Spike Lee's not really good at subtle. But what he did do a, a really fucking good job of is talking about white women and their complicitness when it comes to racism and anti-Semitism. And this is what I mean. Like, you, y'all participate in this bullshit? I'm physically disgusted. Like, I'm, like, legitimately appalled. As flames? Y'all think that's funny? We don't mean anything by it. It's a joke. Yo, people like died in tear gas chambers. People were burned alive. Six million people lost their lives for things that they had no control over. But, but uh, how but, they were born. But I think that's the thing. It goes back to the history thing. Because you watered down history. And, and I was just talking about this last week with, with Justin. It's like the Holocaust is one of the things that still is, they still cover it for the most part in, in schools. But they've even watered down this, right? To the point that now people think it's okay to dress as Nazis. Oh, you had—I don't know if you um, saw the documentary I posted on you, uh, on Facebook, and I, and I had it play last week. But that woman who is um, the mother of that one of the dudes that got charged with beating the uh, De- I think De- DeAndre Harris at uh, Charlottesville, uh, he got charged, and um, the mother—you see her inter- you know dealing with these. Um, these, these white supremacists, she's going to these Nazi events where people are openly saying they're Nazis. And then when he, she's confronted by this, he goes, well, I didn't know. And how do I know? I'm not really involved in politics and all this. And I'm just like, it's Nazis. Like, this is one thing that even to this day, we still aren't, we don't water down enough. But I, I'm beginning to think that maybe we don't go, even with that, we don't go far enough. It's like, I don't think people understand what exactly the Holocaust meant. Six million people gassed. And, and killed they 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 would they would dig mass graves and when you and, and if you see any images of that they again this is one of the things that drives you crazy it's like you can put a holocaust in and 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 the google and see the images they all look they, they're starved these people are, are are super skinny they have 
They, 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 look, like, they look like walking skeletons. And then they, they, when, they, when they die, they just throw them in a giant pit with other, with, with these other people. It's like, that's what happened there. But now I'm starting to see that people are so, are so, one, I, I want to say it's desensitized, but I also think that it's, um, that people don't really understand what the horrors are because we don't talk about it enough. It reminds me of, um, I know I'm bringing up something that's so weird I'm talking about the Holocaust, I'm about to mention somebody who's very, very anti-Semitic and an anti-Semitic movie, but it reminds me of uh, The Passion of the Christ, which, I'm sorry, it's a terrible fucking movie. It's a terrible fucking movie. It's very anti-Semitic. But the one thing that I remember when I went to go see this movie, one of the things I, I can never forget is people who go to see it are very, very traumatized. They're traumatized not because of the anti-Semitism, which they should have been, which is terrible, and Mel Gibson is very anti-Semitic, but like the, the, the brutal scenes where Jesus is beat. And so many people watch the scene was like, I, I will never forget this statement that one of the women I went to see this movie with dragged me out to them. So again, I've talked to the story before about how at the time it's like, I didn't want to see the movie, but you know, hey, your dick is not your friend. You're trying to get with somebody. They want to go see Passion of Christ. Not a date movie. Well, we left and they were like, yeah, I, that's not a good date. It okay. wasn't. It was a bad, bad idea. Bad idea all around. But we're sitting in the car with him after. It's like, I just didn't know that that's, that that's what happened to him. And I'm like, Wait a minute, you read the Bible. What did you think? What did you think happened when they said that they went into the cat of nine tails? What did you think happened? What did you, what did you, like, what did you think that, what do you think that, let, let's just go with the idea that what happened to Jesus in that story is true, right? Let's say it actually, what, what makes you, what makes you think that that was okay? What makes you think that it was going to be just like, ah, uh, it's just a lightly, a light whipping. No, when you whip somebody, it's like, it's like when, they, when we talk about stories about when slaves were whipped ourselves, like, the flesh is rained from your like from your body. You leave scars. What did you think was going to happen? There's blood all over the place. Yeah, that's what happens here. And then we realize that so many people hear these things and don't realize what the brutality of it really is. You know, when we talk about slavery yeah. and we talk about what happened with slaves and and them being beaten and whipped and 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 and, and what ha- what goes into that is like that's a horrific thing. And I think that we've done a really dis- a, a, a bad disservice. And I, I, I like the fact that, you know, I, I, I always went to good schools. We saw videos of, you know, uh, we, I think we saw Roots in school. We saw, like, actual pictures of, like, the, there's that famous picture of the, the black slave with the, with the wounded back from all the whippings he's had. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and the scar, and, and scarred and kiloed up. You know, we saw... Um, the pictures from Asswitch, and we to the point that we had to get of uh, school permission. You had to go home, take your permission slip to home, get it signed because we were going to see these gruesome images of these concentration camps. But it's now making me realize that some kids not only do they don't even get that, but people just don't know. And 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 so I think people think that this is oh yes, people die, but it was just you know. It was just, it was just okay, you know. People die, but people die every day, and they die peacefully in their sleep. You know, none of this was peaceful. No, I went to. I had the opportunity to uh, last October go to the Anne Frank, uh, Anne Frank's house. Um, so I went to Amsterdam to visit a college buddy of mine who was who was studying abroad there um, at law school, and she was busy studying. And so I was like, uh, she was like, you might want to try to, you have to apply in advance. So I, I applied in advance to get tickets and it's free. 
to go see, I'm sorry, no, it costs like a little bit of, of money, but um, to see, go to the Anne Frank uh, house because her house was in Amsterdam. They escaped to Amsterdam um, before they ultimately got caught by mm-hmm. um, Nazi police and then uh, end up being placed in a, a concentration camp. Uh, and it was really like, I, I'm not a, a Holocaust denier in any way, shape or form. Um, but to see that up close and personal, hear stories, um, and then get to the section of the house where the top, I think it's at, all the way at the, uh, top of the house is where you get finally to, uh, when they have stories of her in the concentration camp mm-hmm. after her family gets caught. And that shit is so disturbing and it's really sad. Um, and it makes you very upset if you have a heart of any capacity that like, you know, this is a child. Yeah. This is a whole child telling her accounts and her stories from her childlike mind of what it's like to run for her life for things that she can't control. She can't control that she's Jewish. Like what? <laughs> like I have that level of, 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 awareness and maturity at that age is is mind-blowing to me so when people deny that that's something that happened or when they decide that it's it's funny to dress up like fucking flames like the adolf hitler costume is bad enough but the i'm still not over the fact that people were dressing up like fire that shit is not okay like that is not funny in any way shape or form and I'm very pissed off about that. The story of Anne Frank is, is so depressing. Because you have, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, they were not just hiding for their lives. You know? Hiding for their lives. And that became a regular occurrence until, the, I can't remember, weren't they ratted out? It wasn't just they were found. They were ratted out, weren't they? I think so. I can't, I, 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 I'm, I can't, I'm so blanking long. on the story because I'm like, this is, like, I'm physically like, irritated right. right now by these people right but I, but i believe so i know that there were folks that were hiding them out for them mm-hmm. that were not jewish that were helping them out right um but i think they somewhat got spotted like i think what happened was it was that like nazi army kind of came to amsterdam just like because they would go across it's not just one concentrated area they would go across beyond germany to find these people because Anne Frank wasn't in Germany when she got found. She was in Amsterdam. And so they would literally travel across country lines just to find Jews, like to find Jewish people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, um, yeah. I hope they get, I hope like the, I know they're doing an investigation and that's proper procedure. Yada, yada. That's great. They need to be expelled. No, they do. They do. Yeah, I'm looking it up. I can't. I can't see. I can't remember. They, the house was just stormed or something happened. But it just. It it it, 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 it it was just ridiculous that that they were. Yeah, like you dressing up as like there is a there is a special ring of hell for you, bro. When you die, I hope like and that's not, I know that sounds cruel. I know people are going to be like, oh, they're going to grow up. You know, they'll grow up eventually. No, no, but they don't. Yeah, they don't. That's the thing, though. They they don't grow up. They they don't. These grow are going to be people that end up grow, growing up as lawyers. They're going to be growing up as law enforcement. They're going to be ending up growing up with high purchasing and decision power making, and they are going to fuck up a lot of people's lives, specifically people of marginalized communities. They're going to use their jokey joke, anti-Semitic bullshit 
and one day affect like someone who is Jewish and one day affect somebody who is black and one day affect somebody who is uh, queer or in the trans community. Like, and this is the thinking that they come into. And so I'm sorry, this is like violence begots violence. If you're starting to shit early like this on stuff that you know better on, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up on, on Wikipedia and it seems like um, one of the, the, it could have been um, someone in the house, the, the, somebody, somebody definitely rat them out though to the police. That's why they got stormed out. But it's, it's like, this is ridiculous. It's just, it's just, again, people not having a respect for this kind of stuff and then thinking that it's, it's okay. But it's so weird because these are the same people then, then if you kick down a fucking Confederate monument, all of a sudden now talk about heritage and history and oh my God. This represents some, like, what are we doing here? This is be- right. It's just. It's like, you can't handle, you, you can't pick and choose what history we honor, bruh. And if you're going to take America or just globally, the world in this case, with this story, you got to take all of it, the good, the bad, the bullshit. And there's a lot of bad that we, we have a lot of, you know, in, in terms of like, like in, in the words of Black Widow, there's a lot of red in our ledger. Oh, it is. <laughs> there's a ton. There's a, there's a ton. So. All right. Um, last story, and then we'll we'll get out of here. It's um, I won't say this is a good story, but it could be um, it could be seen as uh, you know, it, it it's it's about time this happened because we are it, it deserves. So you know what this is kind of coming to. It's time for do you even sci fi, bro? Uh. <laughs> All right, time for do you even sci-fi, bro? Um, I I have. <laughs> We're back to robots, of course, because it's just that, that's just, that's just when it was going to be the end of us all. Robots. Um, I saw this article in Discover. Children give in to robot peer pressure. What does that mean? It turns out that kids aren't just acceptable to regular old peer pressure, according to a study published in Wednesday's in Scientific Robots. Robotics, apocalyptic tightly, children conform, adults resist. They've even uh, they're even vulnerable to robot peer pressure. Truly, the future has arrived. Uh, so, in this experiment, European researchers literally sat down forty three children, ages seven to nine, one at a time, at a table with three small humanoid robots. They asked the, the, the kids and the robots to answer visual questions. Which of these lines is the same length as the other one? And when the robots all gave a wrong answer, the kids would too. Authors say that children were significantly influenced by the robot peers. 74% of the kids, kids, uh, kids wrong answers were actually the same wrong answer as the robots, word for word. Uh, the researchers also tested 60 adults, but they fared much better against the robots. Humans do not appear normally conform to human ro- humanoid robots used in the study, they wrote uh, seemingly wistfully. So here's the thing. I know people are going to go, oh, well, that's not a problem. Of course, kids are stupid. Of course they would follow this. Here's why this is a problem. We all know what's next, right? People are going to have robots teaching their kids. It's the next thing. We already saw that one thing I did. I was like, uh, what was it, last? I don't know, a couple months ago, we were talking about it. It was the, uh, the story of uh, them having their, their you can, have, a, you can uh, have your child born in a, in, a, in a room outside of your body. Uh, like in your living room and grow your, grow your own child. This is all bad. 
this is one of those things where, I mean, look, I love technology. I know when I get my new house, I'm going to want some smart technology in it too. I just feel like we're not having enough conversations about, okay, where do, where do we stop? Where do it, we stop? Yeah, this, like, robots, I, and I, I, I obviously listen to Do You Even Sci-Fi, bro, all the time on the Insanity Check, and I get more and more perturbed as, as the episodes continue because as humans, we're just never going to learn our lesson. I, I truly believe that. We're not. We're not. Because I, I always bring this up. It's like, as a black person, I'm like, you know, we treat, we treat human beings terrible. You're going to do the same thing with robots that are going to be more powerful, smarter, faster, you know, than, 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 than any human. This is not going to end well. Yeah, and like they don't have the the human sympathy function to not kill. I just want to really point that out. That sounds mad extreme, but I'm being honest. Or they'll learn from us and get over it. Yep. <laughs> they'll overcome their programming. Like it's just we've seen how this works in sci-fi movies. Guys, this is not this is not good. This is not good. You know, having your kids uh be uh conform and peer pressured by robots going to turn out bad because like you're going to find out that your robot is telling your kids convince your kids that it's time to kill mommy and daddy I'm just saying this is not good this is all bad it's all going to go bad from here and uh, we got to stop while we're ahead yo. just oh, so bad. So bad. So bad anyway that is all I have for today's show uh, Joy I want to thank you very much for being on with this, to this show I love having you on Love checking in with you all the time because every time I check in with you, you've you got some new, bigger, bigger and better things going on for you. You got what was the last? What was the last place of, you had an article out? What was the last article you had? You had somebody I can't remember who it was, and I was like, "Yo, I know her." It's yeah, no, I. So the coolest thing happened was that um, the Hollywood Reporter had a special print Emmys issue, and I wrote uh, uh, my first print piece in it. That was a uh, oh, awesome. That was a really big deal for me. Um, I've never. It's so funny, like I, you and I have talked offline about this uh, in terms of me writing wasn't something I planned for myself. It was always an ends to a mean, uh, the mean being uh, working in entertainment marketing. I currently work in brand marketing. And so I use a lot of my writing to kind of bridge that gap and network and create connections with people in the entertainment marketing space. So I can one day make that jump. Uh, but I, I, at the same time, I'm super extremely blessed and fortunate to represent for other black girls in this film festival and film criticism space. And I just, at the end of the day, I just want to make, make them proud. Well, I think that's the thing also that, that, that's, that's helped. And that's been so, so, uh, so great watching you do this is that, you know, you do make spaces for other people. You know, this is not joy coming out here doing things just for joy, but you really do, you know, live your raps and you, and you make sure you're giving other people the opportunities and, and passing those along. So, you know, it's well-deserved that you're able to get uh, this stuff going for you. And, and, and uh, like I said, when you blow up, I'm just going to be that guy on the side going, I know her. No, see, I've First of all, show. you're going to blow right with me, one. And two, <laughs> thank you. I, 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 I wouldn't have been able to do it with a lot of help. And I, I also have to sing your praises as well because you've always been very helpful for, to me as I've tried to figure out my space. Like I felt like Bambi a lot in the, in the beginning <laughs> stages of like you know, getting my sea legs together, but stumbling a little bit. You've always been kind and you've always been helpful. 
Um, and the MTR network just in its, in its entirety has always been nice to me. So I, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, tell folks where they can find you at. Um, on yeah, the, on the um, I have a website now. So that's a big thing. I think the last time I spoke to you, I did not have a website. So, the la- so I do have a website now. So joychilds.com, that's J-O-I-C-H-I-L-D-S.com. So that's all of my articles and videos that I do um, that I kind of have as kind of one hub of all of my bylines. Um, but I'm mostly on Twitter, obviously. So jump for joy. So jumped traditionally for traditionally uh, and then J-O-I, uh, where I kind of tweet. I tweet a lot less. I'm trying to be nicer because uh, it's a very toxic uh, space, that Twitter. But uh uh, it's always a fun time. I like to crack a lot of jokes. It's weird. You know, everything, uh, everything works in cycles. I feel like Twitter's getting back to the wild, wild west it used to be in 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 2008 and 2007 when we uh, some of us came on and joined. It's getting now. It's it's still you know people are still understanding and woke and it's 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 you know it, people are combating the toxicity that was there. It's just now it's a new type of text toxicity toxicity there. Like I saw somebody. You know, obviously, I didn't, we didn't really bring this up on the, on, on the, on the, on the show, but, um, you know, there was the passing of Aretha Franklin, right? And, yeah. um, you know, somebody, you know, somebody pointed out, it's like, hey, you know, Aretha sang at MLK's funeral and then also sang at, you know, Obama's inauguration. And wow, that's just, imagine being able to sing at those two iconic, like, events in, in, in that straight line between, in that line between the two. And I saw somebody go, oh, you need to leave Obama's name out of this. You know, oh, you know, Aretha was, uh, she, she, she did something, she said, said, they, they were saying some uh, action she had done. And she was like, that's why you should leave Obama's name. You know, if you're, if you're, if, if, oh, she, um, what was it? She put down money for, I think, Angela Davis or something like that. Yeah, she, she, she took, uh, like, quoted, right. and I think in a newspaper article that she would put down bail for Angela right. Davis. And, and, if, you're, and if, you're, if your celebrities can't do that, and you can keep their representation, it doesn't matter anything. I'm like, stop. Like, stop it. Like, that, yes, representation matters. It does. Even if, it, if, it, even if it's just representation by itself. With no other kind of like giving direct money and things like that, and activism, even it has nothing of just representation by itself matters. It does. The varying degrees of that, yes, but holy shit, folks, why are we like on the passing of this icon? Why are we down to now we're arguing about this and now shitting on other black people about what they can do and how it's not? I'm like, I, I can't do this, it's too much. Listen, if, if people have people have rights to be however they want and talk however they want on Twitter. That is, when you talk about that free speech, you do have a right to write what you want to write. That's fine. But there's just some people who are just goddamn mean on Twitter, and I don't understand it. Like, how do you... I don't have that bandwidth to be that irate all the time. Like, there are too many people who are always constantly on 11 and constantly mad about something. And I just, I can't live my life that way. Because I'd be more stressed out than what I am. I'm 27, and I'm already having way more gray hairs than I probably should at 27. I don't need more. And Twitter is stressful enough. Like we all just need to all take a deep breath, take a nap together, and bring some levity into this because we we have gone off the deep end of just anger that I don't understand. I, I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes I see people. I'm like, oh my god, baby needs his binky. 
Like you need, you, Bruh, you, you are hurt, you need, like hurt for real. You, like, and I want, to, and if I was that type of person who was like, like I'm messy, but like, I like mess from afar. I, I enjoy watching mess from afar, but I'm not a messy person. I don't like drama in front of my house. So if I was messier, I would be like, bro, who hurt you? Like, there's a lot of people who are just like hurt out here, bro. And I don't get it. Well, what is the thing <laughs> that hurt people are hurt? And I think some people yeah. are hurt. And so they're taking that and then and then trying to lash out at other people so i can't if i'm angry and you can't be angry and have joy either and i'm just like at some point it becomes too toxic i can't be involved in any of this I you know what it is it, honestly it, i've i've uh and i know you've done it and i see i see you doing it less which i'm happy for you like good for you i just start blocking and muting people man i don't need to talk to everybody there's a lot of there's a lot of like quote unquote twitter famous blue check type folks who really go off the deep end and are always arguing about something who are popular on Twitter, especially black Twitter. I just, I've muted all of them. They've done nothing to me. I've just muted them. I just don't need, I, I like to keep my follower count and I like to keep my community of who I interact with small. There are definitely more people that followed me ever in my life, but regardless, the people I interact with are people I know mm-hmm. and I know that they're good people. And it's brought me a lot of peace on this app. Oh yeah. You got to do that. Sometimes you got you got to take a step back and be like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to do that. Like you see, today we didn't we didn't do any. Uh, there's so much Trump stuff. We didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't do any open roast stuff. I'm like, you know what? Because I don't give a shit. I, I just don't. But even though the, you well, also you've been offline, but there's a bunch of like arguments on Twitter with like Nicki Minaj, which I talked about with with mm-hmm. with Brandon um, on the Where's My Forty Acres podcast. But like, there this week has been a hot ass mess mm-hmm. on Twitter, just oh, specifically yeah. Twitter mm-hmm. when it comes to. On Marosa, when it comes to Trump calling her a dog, when it comes to Nicki Minaj arguing with Safari, when it comes to Tiana Taylor kicking off Jeremiah off his own tour, when it comes to Lovey getting dragged on Twitter about mm-hmm. saying when her saying like, "Oh, she doesn't think Tevin, like she doesn't think Tevin Campbell should do the Aretha Franklin tribute, whatever." Like stupid, arbitrary arguments. Except the the Trump and Omarosa stuff. That stuff is very serious because that has to deal with like our actual nation. But other than that, all of this shit is trivial, y'all. Like, and it made me take a step back and realize if these people that have a lot of money and a lot of status and a lot of access is out here acting a double damn fool, like that they, they have nothing and they don't have any table stakes. Let me just take a step back and not act like this. Cause I actually do have table stakes. They're t- much tinier than like Nicki Minaj and like Tiana Taylor's are, but mm-hmm. well, for what? You could not catch me making as much money as Nikki does in my life, acting as much of a fool as she did on Twitter this week. Never. Well, the other thing, too, is like, I looked at all the stuff I got going on. I'm trying to sell a house, trying to buy a house. I'm trying to, you know, I got, I'm trying to run a network. I'm trying to run a business. I'm getting more responsibility at work. I got to do, I was like, I got all this stuff to do. Someone got to go. I was like, well, social media can go for now. I, I can, this is what I'm saying. Like, niggas are busy. Like, right, I'm right. prepping like, for Tiff, New York Comic Con. You're prepping for New York Comic Con and like a house. That's important. That's priority be like, above everything. Like I'm not one. Of, I'm not one. Of, I'm not one of those inspirational like tweet tweet dudes. But every now and then I'll see some something from somebody or I'll see it from a celebrity and it, it it'll ring home. And one of the ones I saw it was something along the lines of it's like you know the people that you when you you never hear about people you never hear about the people's uh, two of them. One was like you never hear about people's failures, only their successes. So people, you know, say, "Oh yeah, I got this." You never hear about all the stuff they did to get there. And it's also it's like, you know, um, the most successful people are the ones that you don't see their day to day, every day, every hour on hour updates, right? Because they're too busy to do that. And that was the one that I had. Was like, yo, you know what? You're right. I spent how much time on that? 
And if I cut that out, I can get so much more stuff done. So you know what? I'm just not even going to look at Twitter. And if I don't look at Twitter, I don't have to worry about getting involved. There's sometimes I see it, see something that somebody says something stupid. And I'm like, I could get involved and say something here. But if I say something, I'm going to feel like it's going to get a back and forth. And next thing you know, I'm arguing with somebody whose mind I'm never going to change. So why even bother? So I either just mute it or I just ignore it completely and don't even get involved in it and don't say anything. It's like, so why I, I tell people something. It's like, I avoid discussing the James Gunn thing on Twitter. Why? Because I'm like, no, no, there's, I see how this is. Everybody's got their sides. Why discuss this and then get, end up in, a, in an argument all day where you're basically disagreeing with everybody and you're trying to have a nuanced conversation? You can't have nuanced conversation on Twitter. So why bother doing it? Why waste my time when I can you know, yeah. not, not get involved in it at all? Save myself so much time to get all the other shit done I need to get done. Because like I said, I'm trying to buy a house, sell a house. I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to work on work on the network. Like I said, I it's so funny. I did a um a call with everybody on the network. Uh, we decided to send my normal state of the state of the MTR network email. I, I did a call and they made fun of me for my for I, I came with slides. I I had PowerPoint. I, hey, I'm not judging. I mean, I work in corporate, so like slides are normal. No, I I I came so so. Sl- and that's what they said. They were like, "Oh, look, Chris with his adorable slides." I'm like, "Shut up. This is important." But like. But, you know, I had to do that. I had to put time to put that in there, to put the effort in there. So it's like, if I'm going to do this, if we're going to do this work, if we're going to come in and, 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 and be successful, then I, gotta, I can't waste my time, you know, arguing with, people, arguing with some random person on the Internet. I got to actually go and do some work. And so I've, I've cut back a little bit. And you know what? Here's the thing. The same number of followers I had before. I'm still keeping, keeping up a little bit on Twitter and what's going on. Like I said, everything you listed there, I knew it happened. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. I was just like, nope, not dealing with that. And I ignored it and went went about my business. I was like, I'm not touching that yeah. shit. And I think I read the one the, the the once I realized and then I realized this years ago. Like once I realized that I don't need to contribute to this, that I got nothing to do directly with me, my life got better. Exactly. So um anyway, uh again folks, uh, thank you guys very much for listening. We are going to be again um uh, and saying checks on me a break. There's still plenty of other stuff coming out. I know we have a mailbag coming up in a couple of weeks. We have a character corner coming out next week. We have some uh, some uh, premium shows that are being recorded and are be coming out. Everybody's working out, and then we're going to be getting together for our, our Super Tuesday recap stuff. We'll hopefully, also be another some more announcements coming on the show. We're preparing for uh, again. We got uh, Iron Fist season two. That'll have a review and some some videos coming up on that. All this stuff is coming out, so just stay tuned on the MTR Network. Uh, if you want more entertaining checks, uh, search for it. Uh, again, the, the app I like using is RSS Radio. I think that works for everything. Uh, also, the thing I love about RSS Radio is you can search. So you can, you can if, you, if you subscribe to our shows and Sandy Check, if you know the name of the episode you want to go find, you can search for it. I think it'll also search for it in, I'm not sure if it's searched for it in the description. So if you want to remember some, all the episodes where I told, do, do even sci-fi bro, I think you'll be able to narrow it down that way. Um, and, and that really works also for like if a show like character corner, where you want to find when we discuss Dr. Doom and we've done so many episodes, you can't find it on the main MTR network feed. Um, and that's one of the big things we're going to be changing too. the MTR network feed won't have every show and everything we put out won't be on there. So if you listen to a show, if it has an individual feed, make sure you subscribe to the individual feed. So you don't miss any, so you don't miss any content. Cause a lot of people are going to be releasing individual content just for those shows. So. Again, folks, we got a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff coming around. So just stay tuned. And thank you guys very much. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Bye, guys.